Cowboys, California and Crashes. Welcome to Marvel vs. Marvel, the podcast where someone who's never read a Marvel comic book before but loves the movies rewatches one of those Marvel films and quizzes someone who is a lifelong Marvel fan, dare I say Marvel expert. Hello and welcome. My name is Rob Holden. I'm the writer, comedian and Marvel expert part of the equation. And joining me on the podcast, as ever, is the man who has never read a single Marvel comic book in his life. He's powered by ignorance. It's Will Preston. Hello, it's Will Preston, powered and indeed sponsored by ignorance. (laughs) Sponsored now. Oh, awesome. We had our first sponsorship deal last week. Last episode, and now we've got a new sponsorship deal. Hey, if you want to uh, become really ignorant, we know just the guys. <laughs> they listened to me Fantastic talking to you and ignorance. thought, this guy knows nothing. We want to give him money. <laughs> <laughs> we've got to throw money at this idiot. Jeez. Before someone else snaps him up. Um, oh, yeah. We had such fantastic experience in the last episode. Our biggest episode yet it was the age of ultron and it was our very first uh, time partnering up with nash comics a fantastic independent comic book shop um in england who are a great place for everyone to go and uh, buy their their comic books from that we recommend at the end of every episode and we just had so much to get through in the age of ultron so much to do ended up being three hours and 18 minutes who daddy we put in a shift in the last time, <laughs> didn't we, Will? Oish. Oh, um, man, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was really fun to play in the MCU sandbox again. Uh, but we're going to take a little bit of a step back in this episode. Not too far back. One year removed from the MCU. Because in this episode, we're dealing with Ghost Rider. Ooh. The 2007 movie starring history's greatest actor, um... <laughs> Mr. Nicolas Cage in the titular role. That's a role that makes you titter. Um, and uh, we're, we're really, uh, really excited to be doing this. And it's going to be really interesting to take a look at where Marvel movies were just just 12 months-ish, one year away from the beginning of the MCU, from Iron Man being released, and everything changing for... Superhero movies for Marvel films and Marvel comics, and for Hollywood in general, forever. We're one year removed, one year away from that in this episode. And from a, a, a personal perspective, Ghost Rider, although not necessarily this Ghost Rider, is one of my um, dear favorite characters, childhood teenage favorite characters. So Holds a very, very special place in my heart. And we've got some exciting, fun, related news about the next bonus episode as well. So Ooh. that's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, Will, what have you been up to in the world of twitching, twitching this last couple of weeks? Have you been anywhere? Have you done anything? What have you achieved? I haven't really uh, achieved that much recently because I, I, I've been back on the gigs again. I've been doing twitching every now and again, well, and and the thing is, I, I I've moved house last month, so I'm sorting out the house still. So I, I and I feel pretty drained when it comes to twitching, but I do do it. I have to keep changing my calendar on it around again. But I've been doing a game called No Man's Sky, 
possibly one of the greatest games I've ever played where you just literally explore space. It's great. Oh, God. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> I'm sure it is. What, what do you mean when you explore space? Is there anything to shoot and kill? Oh, yeah, you get, to, you, you, get, you, get, you get to shoot, you get to mine, you get to build okay, bases. Cool. And I, I, have, I have a fleet. I have a fleet of ships that I send on missions, and then I go around base building, exploring planets and shooting things, and sometimes I collect bounties. Sometimes I do a bit of mining oh, for asteroids. Yeah, and it's and it's so beautiful as well. It's one of those, it's an incredibly beautiful game. And we can uh, we can catch you on there by going to http colon <laughs> forward slash forward slash www dot and then the next bit will that the next bit is the only bit you ever need to say. So I'm just to give you a bit of a break here. The S and the HTTPS <laughs> is uh, important. It's for security. Uh, yeah, <laughs> to, uh, it is, it's, it's at twitch.tv slash willpreston87. You can see me play that and possibly Red Dead Redemption 2 live or some other games if I get bored. Uh, yeah, catch me then. You, if you go on the Twitch uh, page, you can see my schedule when I'm usually up. I'm usually up on the evenings or uh, sometimes Saturday at 12pm. But yeah, it, all the details are there. So please visit me, follow me. For the love of God, watch me. <laughs> <laughs> Will Presson 87. It's his name and then it's the year he was born. For anyone out there who wants to steal his identity, he's just helped you a little bit, um, which is which is great, which is brilliant. So, Will, <laughs> you're the man with the least experience in this field. Mm. Although maybe we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, before we we uh, de- we tackle his big explosion into the mainstream in 2007, let's take a peek into the mind of a muggle. What, did, if any, did you have knowledge, experience? Or awareness of Ghost Rider did you, did little Will Preston have uh, prior to Nicolas Cage bursting into flames? Oh, Nicolas Cage bursting into flames describes his performance in every single film he's in. Uh, <laughs> that's the only way to describe. I had no experience. I, I didn't know who Ghost Rider was. I certainly knew who Nicolas Cage was. But when I just saw the, uh, I think. I think I just saw that. I didn't even see a trailer. I saw a poster, maybe, in an advert, and I was like, it looks like Blade on a bike. <laughs> it's like supernatural. It's really interesting leather, you say that, yeah. yeah supernatural, leather wearing guy beating up. I mean, I didn't even need to see what he's beating up. I knew he was beating up supernatural people because if you're that kind of level of supernaturalness, you don't go around beating up. Muggers, do you? You go around beating up the undead. <laughs> Although we get a little bit of that in this in this one, mm. um, but I I think you're you're as ever from the from the mouths of babes, from the minds of muggles. Sometimes, will you really just stumble across, you know, a real central point to 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 a movie or a character? And we've had someone else in 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 our letters or our Patreon say this as well. It really does feel like a Blade movie, or it it is so reminiscent of those pre MCU movies. Mm. I'm not sure if we ever got another one that felt like this again, because the X Men movies had to level up. Mm. Uh, post post Iron Man, I think they really realised, and maybe more to the point, post Dark Knight, or, or you know, I'm not saying it's all Marvel influence. <laughs> yeah, 
post perhaps um, Batman Begins and, and Iron Man, I think the X Men franchise n- noticed it had to kind of take a a step up, um, one way or another. But this is the last of those kind of um, yeah, the Blade movies, the the. Uh, the, the Daredevil, the Fantastic Four kind of... Mm. Fantastic Four is in a very different category, I think, but bearing bearing in mind, and we'll talk about this in a little while, who who, who created this film, this does have kind of devil, Daredevil overtones, doesn't it? It really does. I mean, I, I'll, I'll cover that later on, but there are moments where you can definitely tell it's in that same ilk, almost like they wanted to do a series of Marvel films with the same feel to them, possibly you know gang them up together at some point. But yeah, I, I, I got that feel from this film. <clears throat> Well, you don't have experience of the comic books, but you're the man with the uh, facts and figures, mm-hmm. which is something we've really taken to uh, taking a look at before we we uh, leap from the diving board and take a deep dive. What can you tell us in terms of movie production about this about this uh, this project specifically? I think we want to take a look at the the budget of this movie and and what that what that yielded at the box office uh, yeah we, we still have a little look at uh a, a little bit of the development of this as well but i'll get on to the numbers because that's all we care about in this this day and age okay so <laughs> i'm gonna do the measurements in u.s dollars because you know why not so budget 110 million but the box office was 228.7 million pretty much just over double the budget and still it warranted a sequel you know it, 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 that's i think hmm. i think that's what the, these ones were doing at the time weren't they i mean I, daredevil was daredevil was spent spent less money but but i think hmm. it took it took something in the in the same region um i i think outside of spider-man which was just insane oh just yes insane in terms of the global box office appeal um that i think they were i think 220 228 million nearly two, two two nine. that's very very that's a high number i know it cost us a 110 million dollar movie but you know it could have just sunk without a trace really indeed it's not like it, i mean i would say it's probably similar to um Daredevil in terms of worldwide pre-knowledge, worldwide mm. enthusiasm for the character. You know, Daredevil had like one little thing. Um, as we'll talk about, Ghost Rider had a couple of little things. But it's not like it was, you know, even Fantastic Four level, who who had a series of cartoons um Throughout the decades, and a an impressive toy line and stuff like that. And Ghost Rider, didn't, uh, Daredevil, Ghost Rider didn't have any of that. No, so no. I think two hundred twenty eight is is, uh, is something really. And le- who who is the man behind the camera for this one? Then will so it was written directed by Mark Stephen Johnson, who surprise wrote and directed Daredevil. So that's why there's a similar feel. It really is. I mean, aside from the yeah. fact that um, everything happens at night in both <laughs> movies, and there's at, there's at least kind of like a reason in this one. Um, yeah, and there is in Daredevil as well. I suppose he can't do anything during the daytime for some reason, but they do feel it, it is. 
I don't know. It's a. It's a. It's a. I don't think it's lit terribly well. <laughs> the nighttime scenes always. Yeah. Daredevil was not lit well at all. This one's different because there's there's a lot of pretty from my from my opinion really good CGI. Yeah. That, that, that lightens and, it, and we get some fantastic. You know, motorbike riding scenes in it um, when when the little flaming flaming hell cycle crops up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is that. I, I was going to say about the skull. I, I didn't think his skull CGI was very very good, but then I was like, oh yeah, it's two thousand seven. Yeah, and I'm like, I, can, I, I, I to I, rewind I can, my head. I, I suppose I've got Doctor Who blindness again on this one. <laughs> I, I did not notice it. The only time I've ever noticed bad special effects in any of these superhero movies is uh, the, the the bad Wolverine film. There's a few of them. The first one. Uh, Origins. X-Men Wolverine Origins yeah, or whatever it's called. Yeah. Which just looked like they hadn't finished it. Um, it looked like there was a bit of uh, MS paint being done to get his claws to come out. <laughs> um, that reminds me. That reminds me of a really good Mark Kermode film review where he was talking about uh, London has fallen, mm. and he was saying, "I don't want to get into the, the the CGI special effects, but the explosions literally looked like they were done using an app." <laughs> it's like I know exactly what he means. <laughs> well, before we leap into the the movie itself and press play. It's worth taking a look at at the history of this character, who Will is really unique for a couple of reasons. I mean, first of all, uh, he's a jigsaw character, which we'll get to. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) sat down on day one and went, I have fully conceived this character wholly and originally. (laughs) That didn't happen. Okay. He's also, I mean, he's not created by Stan Lee. Ooh. Let's just have a quick think about the movies. We've, the only other non-Stanley character who's fronted a movie that we've looked at on our journey has been Blade. So ah, that's yes, another yes, little yes. similarity there. And of course they're both supernatural characters as well and they do have a history which I don't think we'll have time to cover in this one. But yes, this is a, a not, not a Stanley creation. Which which makes it a standout in you know in in the ones we we look at oh of course Guardians of the Galaxy Guardians of the Galaxy mm. wasn't a Stan Lee creation that's another one okay um, you know what you crank out seventeen eighteen of these you start to forget where you've been <laughs> <laughs> he's also he's also not a New York Manhattan based um, hero character which is what we get. All the Marvel classics in the sixties mm. were all Manhattan based. You know the Avenge, every member of the Avengers, and then them all as a team. And yes, Thor goes to Asgard, but generally to begin with, he's Doctor Donald Blake, <laughs> yeah. Manhattan, Man- Man- Manhattan Doctor. Um, and this is one who, instead of instead of, uh, you know, you could always say, haven't you got any characters that aren't based in New York? And Stan would say, yes, he's based in the mystical city of Asgard. That's not <laughs> what we meant, Stan. <laughs> Is there any other city in, in America you can base a character? And and Dead, uh, Ghost Rider is very much that kind of character. He is not... He's West Coast. Yeah. He he's darts around, I think, the, the, the Mid-South, and then he's all West Coast, a hell of a lot in, in California. Um, 
His creation was under dispute for several years. And whilst that's weird, it does mean that, thankfully, uh, there's some court testimony which has really <laughs> really put together a, a bit of a fleshed out full picture of of um of ghost rider uh 1972 writer gary friedrich was working on daredevil and he pitched the idea of a supernatural evil knievel mm. called ghost rider to become one of daredevil's villains um he, he was working on an already established Daredevil supervillain called Stuntmaster, who is a stunt riding <laughs> motorcycle villain, and he thought he, he basically sort of sat Roy Thomas down, uh, who was the editor of Daredevil at the time, and said, "This is terrible, but what if we set his head on fire, and he was uh, <laughs> called Ghost Rider, and this is what he, this is what he'd be." Um, Friedrich had been inspired by motorcycle movies like The Wild One. And Easy Rider as well, mm. and it spent time in in California, where the motorcycle scene was really vibrant in in the late sixties and the early seventies, um, and he he kind of took that and ended up is kind of a a hippie in 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 the village in in New York writing all these comic books, and in nineteen seventy one he created a black and white horror comic for a small publisher. That was called Hell Rider, and it was ah. about a disenfranchised Vietnam War veteran with uh, terrifying powers who could, who rode a motorcycle and shot flames from the motorcycle to burn alive the bad guys. Which is kind of you know the horror comics were very much about murdering and dismembering <laughs> you know gang members and stuff. Exactly. Um, Seventy one is also the same year. That Evil Knievel is kind of probably at the height of his popularity. The mm. biopic that, well, is it a biopic because he made it? The movie about him that he pretty much made came out, um, and he sets world records for jumping the most amount of cars ever, and he sells out football stadiums mm. like, like proper tens of thousands of seat football arenas, um, stadiums. Sorry, to come and see Evil Knievel. So Friedrich combined some of the ideas from Hell Rider with Evil Knievel and with the growing popularity of Marvel's supernatural characters. Go back and check out the Blade episode for the, for the kind of the, the brief history of of horror comics in America and what happened when Marvel found a way to sanitize these supernatural characters to get them approved by the Comics Code Authority. The early 70s they're starting to see a lot of success with that. Mm. He puts that all together to create this this character, Ghost Rider. Friedrich's very close friends with Roy Thomas, who had become Stanley's right hand man. We talked about him in Age of Ultron. He's kind of the guy that almost takes over from Stan on every comic. He, he takes over on X Men. He takes over on the Avengers and does an awful lot of things. He would eventually kind of take over as one of the top editors at the company. Um, and in fact, I think he becomes editor in chief at, at one point. And Roy Thomas, Roy Thomas, and and, and uh, Friedrich they lived together for a large number of years. They were they were housemates, roommates. They they go back a long time. And he takes a look at Gary's design and, and not design, but his idea for Ghost Rider. And he says this is just far too good to be a throwaway Daredevil villain. <laughs> I think this should be its own series. 
let's go and pitch it to Stan Lee. Mm. So Stan gives the go ahead after after hearing the the idea, and they give uh, the character and 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 Friedrich a, a seven issue tryout story mm. in a comic book series called Marvel Spotlight. Okay. Uh, Marvel Spotlight is an anthology series used to introduce new characters and gauge their popularity. Okay, it was a five issue series, a five issue little story arc. How did it sell? It didn't sell well. Let's mm. put the character to bed. Next, move on. Spider Woman got her start there. Um, and it had a run of success with things like Werewolf by Night, which had been so successful it got its own Marvel series. Um, Son of Satan got its own series. Moon Knight. Um, got its own series off the back of Marvel Spotlight as well. Now, the seven issue run needed an artist, and we get Mike Plug entering the scene. Plug, P L O O G, Plug. <laughs> if you're listening to this, even if you've never read a comic book in your life, I bet that you have experienced the art of Mike Plug in one way or another. So just you take a minute here, Will, to have a think about this. You've never read okay. a Marvel comic book. I doubt you've ever actually seen Mike Plug's artwork in any comic book that you might have come across, but I think you've experienced his art one way or another. Mike Plug okay. did layout work for Hanna-Barbera on ah. Scooby-Doo and Wacky Races. He did storyboarding and design work for John Carpenter's The Thing, for Ooh. Superman 2, Little Shop of Horrors, Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, some post-production stuff on Ghostbusters. Um, and so his his impact, really, I mean, you, you if you get a certain generation or two generations there, they have definitely experienced some of his art in one way or another in terms of putting these movies together and laying things out. There's a bit of contention with the Ghost Rider creation over who came up with the idea of a flaming skull for the design. Mm. Um, but whatever the case, it kind of doesn't matter because it wasn't an original design anyway. Um, there's already a Marvel... Well, a, a t- Timely Comics, who were the predecessor to, to Marvel mm. before the 60s, already had a superhero who looks exactly like the Ghost Rider, called the Blazing Skull. He's a 1941 World War II era superhero who has a skull that's on fire and a costume, and he shoots fire out and he fights Nazis. And it is exactly the same in terms of the design. So um, the Ghost Rider run in... Marvel Spotlight is so popular in in 1973 he gets his own comic book series Ghost mm. Rider and has a, a a decent 10 year run. Um he did of course join the single greatest superhero team of all time, our favorite superhero team, the Champions. Uh the Champions of course are the very natural pairing of Angel and Iceman from the X-Men, <laughs> the Russian spy Black Widow, <laughs> the supernatural evil Knievel Ghost Rider, and Hercules, the Greek god. What They just make so much sense when you think about it. The Greek god <laughs> so he, really ties the joins, room together. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Mwah. He joins this superhero team uh, riding around California. They're the only superheroes on the West Coast. Um 
But by 1983, uh, the Ghost Ghost Rider comic book is is wrapped wrapped up and cancelled. No more Johnny Blaze. No more Ghost Rider. Hmm. Uh, and then in the 1990s, Marvel launches a brand new Ghost Rider. No more Evil Knievel. No more Stunt Rider. No more Harley Davidsons. This new Ghost Rider drives a bike more in line with the souped-up, high-tech 90s motorcycles, the Suzukis, the Yamahas, the Kawasaki's. They were all the rage at that time. Mm. Um, You know, I I live in a medium-sized town. We had two of those, those, you know, Japanese motorbike shops. Um, where it was, it was in the nineties, man. That was a real, that was a really, really deeply popular kind of thing. In in, in many, messed the same way, I guess that kind of the Harley Davidson style bikes probably were the Easy Rider style bikes were, I guess, in the seventies. This this nineties Ghost Rider, man, he's a huge hit. He he comes around during the nineties comic book boom. He sells millions of, of cop- copies. He, he he hits at the perfect time when Marvel are realizing there's this collector boom that gestated with the death of Superman comic book series, where idiots thought that they could buy lots of copies of a comic book and it would be worth something in the future. Mm. Which makes sense if it was Action Comics number one or whatever. Because they didn't print many of them, <laughs> but this is when DC are printing millions. Honestly, people were buying pallets, will pallets of the issue of Death of Superman. Oof. It came in a it came in a a, um, a sealed bag mm. that they wouldn't open, and they generally thought they were being, they were speculating on a market and they were going to be worth something. <laughs> Idiots! Um, but it, but it created this big boom. And Image Comics kind of rider this crest, and Ghost Rider as well. Ghost Rider, like they had these foil front covers to the comic with a hologram on the foil. You, so it was just Ghost Rider's skull. And as you tilt and move the cover, the hologram changes, and you can see the flames on his skull move and dance. Mm. And things like that, plus the popularity of a lot of the elements it's touching on. Like Ghost Rider nineties was absolutely massive. It spawned it, it breathed new light into pretty much all of Marvel's forgotten supernatural characters that had dropped off in the eighties. Um and we talked about that in the Blade episode as well. You know, Blade kind of again vanishes towards the end of the seventies and the start of the eighties. And eventually nineties Ghost Rider spawns an entire line of supernatural horror themed superhero books that all tie in together under the Midnight Suns banner and and Ghost Rider became so popular that Marvel thrust him into their animated world Oh yeah, Fox's super popular Spider-Man <clears throat> Spider-Man cartoon series created a, a multi-part story that would see Spider-Man team up with Ghost Rider to fight Dormammu who you might remember from the Doctor Strange movie yes um, Dormammu that was all geared Dorm- up Dormammu. to go yeah yeah, that was all geared up to go, but Fox pulled the plug on that because uh, rival cable network UPN began to develop a Ghost Rider cartoon series. 
So Fox <laughs> did not want to give life to something that would end up on a competitor's you know, channel. So they axed that. But instead, Ghost Rider appeared um, in the Fantastic Four cartoon hmm. where he beats Galactus um, in a moment that has gone viral several times in the last couple of years. Uh, not couple of years, last ten years. That clip of Ghost Rider defeating Galactus... Um, I guess as that generation that saw it then became older now, started to you know share and share and share it, and then UPN introduced Ghost Rider in their Incredible Hulk cartoon series, and there's a story arc there which acted as a backdoor pilot, so that you know UPN could commission um, Ghost Rider's own own series on the back of it. That didn't come to light, um, unfortunately. Never got picked up, um, and similarly. Mid nineties Ghost Rider video game was virtually completed. Oh, but then hello. the video game company making it uh, went out of business or stopped making video games or or something like that. He made a handful of cameos in Marvel video games in the nineties, mm. but he never. You know, some of those games where you can bring on a character to assist you in a side scroller. I was about um, to say I, I haven't seen him in a Lego game yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna no, have a quick search now, see if is, I can find him. But I mean, this was the '90s. I can I can tell you, Will. You don't have to look for it. I've done my research. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't right. have to look for it yourself. Um, but he's he's in the. He's, if you want to go beyond this movie, which we're not supposed to do, he does mm. turn up in the um, Ultimate Alliance video games as mm. playable characters. And the, the first thing that happened though is he gets a video game as a direct sequel to this movie. Oh, and it features a cutscene. Story by Garth Ennis. Oh, and it features Blade as a playable character for the first time. Oof. Um, that's nice. I'm told the gameplay isn't amazing, but but there we go. So that is really why we have a 2007 Ghost Rider movie. It's mainly because of the 90s version of Ghost Rider, who is not Johnny Blaze. But that character wouldn't have come about without Johnny Blaze, who wouldn't have come about <laughs> without Hellrider, who wouldn't have come about... We've got more to do. Does When I say <laughs> that Ghost Rider is a jigsaw character made of all these different pieces, a, a flaming skull from a different character, um, and, uh, and, and elements of Hellrider... It, I, I, we're not going to do it right now, but as we get into it, his name is not even his name. Oh, I was so. going to say, when you said he's a Jigsaw character, I thought you meant he's like Jigsaw from Saw, because he has a scary white face and is constantly on a bike. Boom. <laughs> but no. But no. But no. <laughs> uh, we've uh, put it out to the uh, to the, 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 the verse-a-verse that we were delving into, yes. Ghost Rider. Um, you can find out all the latest info from us if you head to at Marvel Versus. The best way, though, is to join us on Patreon. But we'll get to that. And we've had some uh, responses from, like, this movie, we'll put it out there, it is not abundantly well-liked. But we do have some genuine, genuine, like, lifelong, or, or not lifelong, but really passionate Ghost Rider fans who, who, who wrote in to, to talk about Ghost Rider and to talk about this movie and I think Will you've got that for us there 
I've got a bulging sack of letters. Yeah, sorry, I was drinking water to stay alive. Uh, We've got a couple of letters. I'm doing the same with a with a beer. The beer. I drink beer. You drink you drink water to stay alive, and you drink beer to live. That's how it goes. That's the matter of life. <laughs> Speaking as a sober man. Anyway, so so Steve Savage uh, was a big fan of Ghost Rider. And he wrote in to say that I first started getting into Ghost Rider in the early 80s. My brother and I read superhero comics regularly, both DC and Marvel. I had my favourites, Batman, The Amazing Spider-Man and Superman, and would occasionally get something else. My brother would just get whatever had a cool cover, and we ended up with loads of random single issues of stuff like Jonah Hex. <laughs> oh dear, I, I I I I I remember them doing a film of Jonah Hex. I don't know any, much about much about they did. Jonah Hex. Yeah, Megan Fox is in it, and I think yeah. Josh Brolin plays Jonah Hex. Josh Brolin. Oh God, he's got a good voice. But I'll continue with the letter. One day, he picked up something with the coolest cover we had seen. A flaming skull man riding a motorbike. We were blown away. He was probably only six or seven years old, and I was about nine. We both loved the comic. It was darker and more violent than what we normally read, and we almost felt illicit illicit to us at that age. I cannot remember the issue number, but I remember the plot involved some guys who were attacking ambulances to get blood bags. Needless to say, Ghost Rider wasn't happy about this and beat the living crap out of them with a chain. (laughs) It was nasty, and for the time fairly graphic, although probably seems pretty tame now. We'd never seen anything like it. Even Batman at the time was vanilla by comparison. We then started to collect Ghost Rider and it easily became our favourite. The conflict and darkness within the character just seemed more in depth than much of the other characters we liked and was even apparent to us as little kids. I've never really thought about this until now but I wonder if it had something to do with our Catholic upbringing. Probably not. Probably more to do with seeing nasty arseholes getting set on fire and thrown through windows. Soups or Spidey wouldn't have done that. As the years went by, we searched comic shops, picking up old issues, and had most of the first wrong, along with getting straight on board with the reboot in and out 1990. Thanks to the internet, my brother managed to get a hold of all the missing back issues, and at some point, collected the original collection. Imagine how excited we were nearly 25 years later, when the film was coming out. I think both of us were pretty indifferent to the prospect of Cage as Johnny, but he'd played some pretty mad stuff prior, so we thought he might do a good job. Overall, it's not a good movie, but it's okay. There's some pretty cool visual effects, and I enjoyed his initial transformation. There's some decent fighting scenes too. What lets the film down is the cheesy dialogue, the -the over-the-top acting, and the fairly poor plot which tries to tell the origin story at the same time as squeezing a bunch of other Hollywood interest stuff. I'm not expecting high art. You're watching this for the action elements, and I know it will be as cartoony as a comic book adaptation arguably should be, but ironically, doesn't put enough flesh on the bones of the character. Thinking about the humour within the dialogue, you can see this handled much better in the banter of later Marvel films like Avengers or Guardians of the Galaxy, and I'm not sure the tone is quite right here. It's one of those films I've seen a couple of times over the years, and I'll probably watch again soon now my kids are old enough. If it was total crap, I wouldn't bother, but on the other hand, 
I never really bought the DVD Blu-ray to put in my collection, which as a big fan of the comic, mm. I clearly would have done if it was up to scratch. <clears throat> it's the kind of thing I'd watch if I happened to put the telly on and it was there, but I wouldn't actively sit down and choose to watch it in advance. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, that does speak to, if, if it was something that really worked for you as a huge fan of it, you would have... Um, Bought the DVD, wouldn't you? Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I would, I, I might have to quiz, um, Savage, as I shall call him, <laughs> on his, um, on his memories because getting into the early eight. So you're reading the seventies, the stuff that went from the seventies to eighty three. I mean, I suppose it's all through the 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 vision of a child, but Ghost Rider was not like. Uh, vicious or <laughs> like he may well have thrown to be beating someone like he just he makes it sound like it's full on like brutal and I that was not the case um, but so he might be misremembering with some of the stuff from the from the nineties where it got a lot more like that or it might just be that your memories of when you're a kid and like yeah seen seen he's a very different character to the Batman of the of the seventies. And the Spider-Man and the Superman, hmm. reading that kind of you know, a, a guy who, who does uh, you know throws fireballs at people and stuff. I could I could see it shading you into thinking he's the, the darkest most brutal character, knocking around. Yeah, but I think we're going to have to save that for other podcast memories versus memories. <laughs> memories. <laughs> Who else you got, Will? <laughs> I've got one from Mark, Mark O'Neill. Mark O'Neill, who writes in to tell us about why he loves Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider is my favourite Marvel Comics character. I am a big fan of comics which lean heavily into the occult and the supernatural, like Swamp Thing Hell, and Hellblazer over at DC. I even once tried to make a documentary about John Constantine that garnered so little interest it would have probably been more popular if I just kept the idea to myself and told no one. Marvel has a few comics which fit this genre, like Son of Satan and Ditko's Doctor Strange, but I feel the Ghost Rider fits them all best for me. To be fair, I came to Ghost Rider very late. It wasn't until Daniel Way's 2006 run that I, had, that I really had any interest in the character. The arc starts with Johnny Blaze escaping from hell with a ton of demons on his tail, only to discover that his escape has opened the path for the devil himself to follow him to Earth, having split his own being into 666 pieces. Each of these pieces possesses a dead body, and any time Johnny destroys one, one of the bodies... One of these bodies, the remaining ones, get stronger until the last one, when old Nick will be back to full strength to tear things up and conquer Earth. Anyway, it was immediately after the first issue of this that I went to my doctor and asked him if there's any way I could read this story by just shooting future issues straight into my veins. <laughs> the, run, <laughs> the run stays as strong as that, and the movies it moves into some pretty uh, he- heavy theological concepts. Uh, I went back through some old issues from the 70s and 80s, and while there were some aspects of the occult and theology present, it wasn't as front and centre, but I did come to love it nonetheless. There's also a really funny exchange at one point where it's revealed that Ghost Rider 
hates Daredevil for no reason other than the fact that he thinks Daredevil would be a better name for himself, a stunt driver who looks like he came from hell. And I applaud that level of pettiness. (laughs) (laughs) The first Nicolas Cage movie is a mess. However, I think there are little moments of greatness in it. I like the transformation scenes and believe that only Nick Cage could sell those as well as he does. And the look of Ghost Rider is flawless. The joke where Sam Elliott asks him to sterilise a needle and Nick tries to summon flames from his hands only for Sam to point out the boiling water next to him still gets a wee chuckle from me. And I especially enjoy the part where Johnny Blaze is in a prison holding cell and messes all those guys up apart from the one innocent lad in an American prison, which is the most unbelievable part of a movie about a guy who pisses fire. When I worked in a cinema <laughs> <laughs> when I worked in a cinema in 2007, I would always duck in to watch that part. The second move second movie is god awful and I hate it. <laughs> Thank you Mark. Yeah, for uh, dropping in and getting in touch. Uh, someone who came to Ghost Rider very late in the day then, uh, 2007, relatively speaking. Um, not really, 2007. What did he say? What, what year did he say Daniel I think he said Wade 2000, was 2006. 2006, Ruddy said. He could, he could, could have been that. Yes, no, hmm. yes, yes. He, he does mean that because, because Daniel, well, well, we'll talk about it later, but Daniel Way's Daniel Way's Ghost Rider is pretty much the return of of, of Johnny Blaze ish. Once Garth Ennis gets to mess around with him, um, so thank you for that. If you want to send us a message, you can do so. Get in touch uh, by emailing us Marvel versus Marvel at gmail dot com. You can of course tweet us at Marvel versus. But the best way to go about doing things is to uh, head over to our website on Patreon. That's the best way to contact us. P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com, slash Marvel versus Marvel. And as well as getting on the priority list for communication, you'll get the ability to choose a non-MCU movie or TV show for us to cover in a main episode, and we'll definitely get around to doing that. That's one of the perks, one of the benefits um, there's also tons of bonus content available on the Patreon. Uh, we put up the uh, Daredevil episode not too long ago. There's currently three full-length bonus episodes, which are just exactly the same as, as these main podcast episodes, where we tend to go into a deeper dive into the comic book world and uh, and give you uh, a special examination of something that we generally don't have time to cover in the main episode. We spun off from the Guardians of the Galaxy episode to cover the Annihilation Wars and, and find mm. out how Drax and Rocket and Star-Lord and Gamora and all those characters came together. We spun off from Spider-Man 2 with an episode that was all about Dr. Octopus's shining greatest moment as a villain in the superior Spider-Man saga. And off the back of the Daredevil episode, we uh, we took a look at the two times that Daredevil's secret identity has been compromised uh, <laughs> beyond his control, and a very dark uh, dark couple of elements in 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 that one. Uh, there's also some smaller bonus episodes up there on the X Men and and Captain America and Spider Man, and we've got one coming up 
the October full-length bonus episode is going to spin off from this one. I like Johnny Blaze, mm. and I guess I'm not. He's not my favorite Ghost Rider, <laughs> and I like Johnny. My favorite, my favorite version of Johnny Blaze is him when he's not Ghost Rider. Um, there's been more than one Ghost Rider. Danny Ketch in the 90s, he's like my Ghost Rider, I guess, because by the time I was reading comics, Johnny Blaze had been and gone. 1990 hits, and uh, the new Ghost Rider appears, looking incredible, great design, different different outfit, costume, different bike. And he's Danny Ketch uh, had an incredible uh, run and did some amazing things with the Midnight Suns and with Johnny Blaze. We're going to delve into that. We're going to delve into how it breathed new life into Blade, how we got uh, vampires back in the Marvel Universe, and uh, how Doctor Strange took a trip down the uh, the darker side of the Marvel Ooh. Universe. And we're also going to take a look at the, um, the version of Ghost Rider that is knocking around in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV series. Um, and we're also going to be taking a look at the... Bizarrely popular <laughs> modern uh, Ghost Rider, the Cosmic Ghost Rider, a distant <laughs> futuristic version of Ghost Rider who is insanely powerful and bizarrely and completely insane and bizarrely popular. Um, that's going to be over on Patreon on the bonus episode. You can get early access to episodes as well as all that kind of good stuff. Peter J knows the score on Patreon. He's been down since day one. Our very first subscriber. Yeah. And uh, he writes in. He's watched this movie in preparation. He's watching it along with us. Um, And Pete writes in to say, I think Ghost Rider may have been my first introduction to an anti-hero in comic books. And that blew my mind as a kid. I had maybe three random comics with him in, and I read and reread them again and again. I just rewatched this movie, and I actually really enjoyed it. It's not the greatest superhero movie by any stretch, but it's by no means the worst. It looked. Mm. <laughs> hmm. I don't know, Pete. I don't know. It's in terms of Marvel, it's up there, buddy. Uh, it looks great. It has a good cast. Sam Elliott as the original Ghost Rider is pretty cool. If the relationship between him and Blaze had been allowed to play out over a longer period, I think it would have become something akin to Whistler and Blade. It reminds mm. me of that dynamic quite a lot. What did we say? What did you say? Sorry. Yeah, how similar this movie is to Blade. Yeah. Um, and how yeah. how it, how similar the characters are, and all those similarities between being not Stan Lee characters. Um, Pete goes on to say the opening eighteen minutes is lovely. The whole back. Backstory origin is done well. Um, I love that you get it all. The chain, the shotgun, the spiked leather jacket, the stair, the bike, the riding up water, riding across walls, <coughs> smelting tarmac, bullets being soaked up, knives and blades melting after being plunged into him. It's really cool. <laughs> I think this mixture... This film is a mixture of the two different Ghost Rider incarnations, but I may have missed... Missed this and misremembered two of the characters. You're not far off, but check in the bonus episode for more details, Pete. Nick Cage doing the Elvis pointing stance. Yeah, he does that. He does that. He does that in several of his movies. Um, it's because Nicolas Cage was kind of mildly obsessed with Elvis, wasn't he? Didn't he marry? 
he married Elvis's daughter. What? As well as uh, yeah, that's okay. I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know. He, have... I mean, that's probably sounds like the le- most like normal thing he's probably done, considering. <laughs> yeah. The half laugh, half scream when uh, Johnny Blaze is changing. The eating jelly beans instead of drinking beer. This yeah. is all just Nick Cage madness, but I love it. <laughs> One of the odd things I do not like is Johnny Blaze's haircut. I don't know why. <laughs> it just annoys me. Yes, it's because he's got a terrible wig. It's a really bad wig. It it's was, a really it, awful wig. What was with that hair? It looked like a, a bowl cut or some, something that's supposed to be gelled but hadn't <laughs> been gelled. So it had this really weird bowl cut at the front. And I just it, it, I noticed that as well. I, I locked into that. Sean, Sean Connery had a better wig in Never Say Never Again. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's the, one of the worst screen wigs I've ever seen in my life. Oh, man. It's I'm like got... they said, you... You need to place someone a lot younger than you are. We need to get rid of this receding hairline. We need to give you like an emo boy band kind of, you know, haircut where you've got, it's super jet black and you've got kind of like a fringe, but not really a fringe. It's dreadful. Um, Pete says, all in all, it's not perfect, but it's two hours of fun. Uh, Pure enjoyment. Looks fantastic. Has some nice scenes, nice shots. Nice casting. Peter Fonda, Brett Cullen, Donald Lowe, to mention just a few. Well, thank you, Pete. We love and appreciate you and all our patrons for Mm. supporting the podcast, doing what you know needs to be done. This podcast is not free to create and produce, to maintain, to host. Um, It takes a lot out of us and a lot out of the bank balance to uh, keep producing these episodes so we have a special love in our heart for those people that dig deep. Or if you don't even dig deep, three pounds, the, 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 the first tier, that's not digging deep. That is we not appreciate digging deep. anyone that recognises that you don't get anything for nothing in this world. And when it comes to great <laughs> entertainment, you've got to start paying for it. Because if you don't, then what will happen is we just stop making it because we, it's not worth our time anymore. Um, so we appreciate and we love the people that that keep the lights on around here. And, you know, it's not like we don't give anything back. They get bonus content. They get early access. They get to pick and choose what projects we take on. They get to first read, first uh, read out on the show. We get to communicate with them. Uh, and we love all of that. So it is Ghost Rider that lays before us today. Will, 2007 with history's greatest actor, Nicholas Cage. Let's <laughs> take that VHS, stick it in, and please do as you always do so well. Press play and lead us through this movie. Anyway, pressing play on the VHS. In the American Old West, we hear the legend of the Ghost Rider. In every generation, the devil creates his personal bounty hunter to collect evil souls. He sends his ghost rider to retrieve a contract for a thousand corrupt souls from the town of San Venganza. Is it San Venganza? San Venganza. Sure. We'll go with that. San Venganza. Because such a large amount of souls would give the devil too much power, the rider refuses to give the contract over and sets off the outrun... And and set off the outrun... Sorry. Set off the... I'm having a hard time saying this sentence for some reason. 
<laughs> and sets off to outrun Break the devil. Break it down. Set off the, the outrun go. the devil. There we go. <clears throat> cool. So that's the opening. We have a origin of the character. <laughs> also, we get Sam Elliott's wonderful voice. I know you mentioned the the actors, the cast of this before in the in the letters and and whatnot, but Sam Elliott. What a great choice. So bingo fans are getting very excited right now because we all know what Will loves. Yeah. It's his favourite movie. (laughs) What do you want to say when we talk about Sam Elliott narrating things, Will? The dude. (laughs) Just want to have you so many cuss words. <laughs> I yeah I, I I always see him as the as the guy from the Big Lebowski. I always see him as as the cowboy from the Big Lebowski. I he doesn't look any different or sound any different. I don't. Maybe this one would drink sarsaparilla. Uh, he he I, I I think he'd be more of a beer drinker in this movie, but who knows? He, he seems a bit more cynical in this film, but he still has the one thing that Sam Elliott brings to the table. And that is the ability to look really nice when smiling with a moustache. You know when he smiles? I mean, it's not that kind of that kind of that cool, that kind of cheeky smirk he does with his moustache. And I'm like, yep, that guy could smile with a moustache. See, the thing is, I always think it looks sinister. <laughs> <laughs> I always think it looks like he's 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 made a decision to shoot me, and it's going to happen, and he's just laughing at it. Just as like, well. This is going to happen. Uh, but yes, it, it is yeah. a great cast. I mean, what we what we get right at the start here is Peter Fonda and Sam Elliott. I mean, that's 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 how you want to kick anything off, isn't it, really? Oh, yeah, I, I, I love that. Because obviously, Peter Fonda, that, that almost seems... Remember we keep talking about the MCU films and we say there's a certain amount of care into choosing who makes it, yeah. to, depending on their skills. I like the fact they got Peter Fonda because Peter Fonda is incredibly famous for the film uh, Easy Rider where they ride around mm-hmm. on yeah. Harley Davidson choppers. So obviously they went... Which oh. inspired, yep. which inspired the, the, you know, Guy Friedrich. Um, yeah. And there, there was no, there was no kind of. Uh, they didn't. I don't think they talked about the in, inspiring the, the character. Mm. But in the promotion of the movie, there was an awful lot of it, sort of being, huh, huh, the Peter Fonda in a motorcycle movie. Uh, who remembers? Who remembers? <laughs> yeah, Peter Fonda in a motorcycle movie. So they did bang that drum quite, quite, you know, mm. fairly rigorously when the when the movie came out. But I do, I think. You might maybe, with one year to go, we are seeing the start of Marvel's you know really good, really good casting choices. Not that they haven't been in you know Spider Man and perhaps X Men and stuff, but yeah, it, it's more of those slightly left field choices, isn't it? Those yeah. slightly under the radar choices um, that that um, I think perhaps like McKellen as Magneto, that yeah. was not an obvious uh, hire. Um, but yeah, starting with you can say a lot of things about this movie, but one, I think it looks really, for the most part, looks really, really good, except yeah. for the villains. Um, and yeah. the cast, I think, is generally pretty great. I I, yeah. I I loved it when when I saw the names come up, I was like, ooh, very nice. <laughs> so, and obviously, uh, we've we've mentioned so many times in the opening titles straight away. I went, yeah, that's the same guy I did Daredevil. I can tell it from the opening titles. That's this. also not only that. Oh, it, you're right. It felt like Spider Raimi. It felt like Sam Raimi Spider Man films. The opening titles because it's got that kind of comic booky sort of 
not cartoony, but kind of like <laughs> I can't describe it. It, it, it. Like 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 animated animated opening that's quite almost sinister, but quite woo, a bit wacky. You know, because it's got because it's basically. I whole, can't remember. It's like I it's can't like remember a, how the first. There's a lot more care in the Spider. Like especially Spider-Man Two, which mm. gives you Alex Ross hand painted depictions of the first movie. That's how Spider-Man 2's title sequence goes. That's a work of art in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. I forget the first one, the, f- the, the first title sequence one, in that. Just but... lots of webs. Lots of webs and letters. Mm. But this one, yeah. it, there was, it was basically a POV shot of a motorcycle going down a flaming highway that was obviously animated. It looked a bit like go with the, the music video for Go With The Flow by Queens of Stone Age. He had that kind of appeal to it. It was yeah. It's it was, very much yeah. um, desperately trying to grab onto the last dying days of MTV. Yeah. <laughs> Even MTV isn't trying That's to grab onto the do. last dying days of MTV. They gave up years ago. <laughs> Well, it's 2007. I'm saying in in 2007, yeah. I think that's probably what they were trying to do with you know Daredevil and uh, yeah, and uh, and this and this movie. You're absolutely right there. Also, obviously, we're going to probably talk about this a lot in the in the bonus episode, I reckon. But there's a, st- a strong Wild West connection in this movie. Is there anything like that in the comic books? I wish we had a some uh, a drum roll sound effect. Sort of, but, but not, not really. really. Okay. Uh, uh, so how many pieces of the jigsaw have we had so far? Um, his flaming skull isn't really his. Yep. Um, and like the, the original idea is not really for that character. It was kind of for two other characters. Ghost Rider is not even his name. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay. He, Johnny Johnny Blaze is not the first comic book character to be called Ghost Rider. He's not even the second comic book character to be called Ghost Rider. Uh, Nineteen forty nine, Magazine Enterprises publishes Cowboy Comics, um, very popular at the time. As we talked about this in other episodes, mm. once the Second World War ends, the vast majority of superhero comics kind of die off, except for a few at DC, and cowboys become very very popular or, or maintain their popularity really. And surge up to take that space. And Magazine Enterprises has a cowboy comic book character, uh, a gunslinging marshal called Rex Fury. <laughs> and like a lot of cowboy characters of the time, yeah. this is a, a new common thread on on the theme on on the, on the podcast, which is Will laughing at comic book names because he still thinks that comic book characters should be called things like Bob Anderson. <laughs> So Bob when he Anderson hears a dynamic comic book name, he just hoars out loud with laughter. What, what about what about a comic? <laughs> what book? should a cool cowboy character be called then? Jeff Simpkins, Jack the coolest Simpkin- cowboy in town. Jeff Simpkins. Nor, Nor- Norris. You're as Micklewood. bad as that guy. Norris Micklewood. You're as bad as that guy in in the Fantastic Four episode who thought that Doctor Doom's name should have been changed because it sounds too ridiculous. Yeah, bloody idiot. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's calmed so, down now, people. Perfectly He's normal named <laughs> Rex Fury. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> get it under control, William. Like Ooh. a lot of um, cowboy characters of the time. He's 
He's in that Lone Ranger Zorro mold, uh-huh. where he wears a mask and a costume, and he has a secret identity, but you wouldn't call him like a superhero per se. In the same way that, you know, Zorro, Lone Ranger, they have a lot more coming with the pulp traditions. Mm. Um, so Rex Fury is the Ghost Rider. He wears an all-white costume, all-white cape, mask, all-white hat, rides an all-white horse... His costume is covered with phosphorence, oh. so that at night he glows this ethereal white figure in the dark, glowing like a ghost as he rides out of the pitch black night. There are no street lamps. <laughs> You've got a lantern, maybe, and coming towards you is this glowing white figure, right? And these comics are kind of horror cowboy comics. They're more supernatural, I would say, mm. than. They're not horror in the vein of the EC comics of the time, but yeah. it, it, it meant it's meant to be this. If you imagine, if you if they were to recreate it to this day, it's terrifying to to think about and to to look at. And on the underside of Rex's cape is painted jet black, so at night he can use that to cover parts of his body, Ooh. so that it appears like he's floating. <laughs> so he, he can ride. Ride on his horse, cover himself up, and all you see coming over the hill is like a floating head (laughs) coming towards you. And then he starts shooting. Um, So, yeah, he he would sort of do these things to scare the bad guys into running away or or giving up. Mm. And that was the very first Ghost Rider. When that license on the character fell into public domain and, and lapsed. Mm. Marvel Comics very quickly or t- uh, no it was Marvel at the time very quickly decided to take slash steal the name Ghost Rider, the complete design of the character and the fact that he had a phosphorus cape costume, white horse all of that, they took all of that mm. because it's now public domain and they created their own version of the Ghost Rider character. 1967, our friend Roy Thomas and his roommate slash good friend, Guy Gary Friedrich, work on creating the Marvel version of Ghost Rider, the cowboy. And they team up with the original artist from the from the. 1940s version, Dick Ayers, and they create a, a, the new Marvel cowboy comic, The Ghost Rider. But the supernatural elements of the of the original one are stripped away, and it's just very much like the Lone Ranger, Zorro style. Yeah. By day, I am this man, and at night, I am this. When the flaming motorcycle version of the character came along a few years later in the 70s, Marvel weren't publishing Ghost Rider anymore. In fact, the character had died. So they retconned it in subsequent publishings and republishings. So that character was never called... The guy all in white with the white horse was never called Ghost Rider. And they changed that name to be the Phantom Rider. Ooh, okay. To, to mm. tidy things up a little bit. Yeah. So that is another big... Jigsaw piece that we slot into Ghost Rider, so it's not his name, it's not his flaming skull, not his, not original. Half the ideas are from Hell Rider, who was this leather-bound S and M weird horror <laughs> Vietnam War Rambo character, and the rest is Evil Knievel slash Elvis. 
slash so, Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the connection there. Okay, there's that. More of the jigsaw has been revealed, but it might as well it might be, might as well uh, take time to tell us about uh, what appears to be the devil. What can you tell us about Mephistopheles? Is he a comic book character, or did they change things around for the film? <clears throat> wow. Well, that's uh, directly answering that question is difficult <laughs> because it's changed twice in the comic books. Right. So, <laughs> originally, this is why you should never, ever, ever criticise a movie for altering something <laughs> to the comic book because you go, yeah, but they changed it six times in the three decades. So, I mean, is it sacred? Uh, originally... In, in the Ghost Rider stories, mm. Johnny Blaze makes a deal with the devil. Yeah. Just the devil, right? Yeah. Which is kind of what Peter Fonda is playing here. Yeah. Just with a fancy name. He mm. is pretty much the devil, but the devil's name happens to be Mephistopheles. The devil's more of a title. It... <laughs> you know, that's, that's an interesting way of putting it, yeah. Yeah. That actually comes up in fiction several times. There will be other characters like Satan and Lucifer. Yeah. And at yep. various times, they've held the position of the devil. Anyway. Mm. Um, in the Marvel Universe, there's a character called Mephisto. Created by... Why? What's funny about that one? It said fist. <laughs> fist made me giggle. Sorry, it took me by surprise. Fist made you giggle. Yes. Will. Will. I mean... <laughs> I didn't even say... Fist is in the name. Oh my god! I know. I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated <laughs> to know. work with. I am very frustrated. You're to having work one with. today. I'm on one. <laughs> Mephisto. Yeah. I'm, look straight face. Straight face. Straight uh, face. <laughs> is the is the Marvel Universe's devil? Right. Created by um, Stanley and incredible artist John Buscema. He, he he has the classic look of he's red. He has small horns. He has a long red cape and, yep. and collar, kind of similar to the classic Dracula look. Yeah. Or indeed, the vision, as we discovered Ooh. in the last episode. Mm. He's kind of got a forked tongue. He, he's like a proper, like, he, he's what you draw, what, what those old tapestries of hell. Yeah. You know, if you slapped a cape on, on one of those dudes. He, he first appears in 1968 in, in the Silver Surfer comic book trying to tempt and corrupt the noble soul of the Silver Surfer. And that would be his MO for, for decades to come. Yeah. He floats around the Marvel Universe trying to corrupt people, but he's he's a perennial adversary for Thor, Silver Surfer, and, 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 and Doctor Strange as well. He's made countless appearances. He he's, he's sort of almost rarely is he the adversary, the big villain, mm. right? Because he's actually, as story writing's gone on and become a bit more sophisticated, he's been written in a much smarter way in that he's pulling strings in the background. So he, he adds an awful lot of wonderful shading to the Marvel Universe by just being manipulative and not outright aggressive. Yeah. He's often uh, vying for control of hell against or the demons, and he kind of works with or is betraying Loki on any given Sunday. Um, <clears throat> a lot of it based around trying to trick heroes uh, or corrupt them into losing their souls. He was actually 
uh, at Thanos' right hand during the comic book Infinity Gauntlet Saga. He's one of the few characters left alive and is left to sort of advise Thanos uh, at the end of the universe, uh, which is interesting, mainly because Thanos at the time is predominantly a Silver Surfer villain. Mm. As is Mephisto, so that and, and and that kind of ties in. In 1981, though, when he once he became a more prominent character, Marvel retconned Ghost Rider's story, so that instead of it being the devil that Johnny Blaze sold his soul to, it was Mephisto. Right. Okay. Um, that's a really good. That retelling is really good, and we'll drop it in the uh, <clears throat> reading list at the end of the episode. Although more recently. Guess what? It's Ooh. been retconned again. No! So it's back to just being the devil and not Mephisto anymore. Hey, hey, Oi, vey. Yeah. Oi, bloody vey. Okay, so he is the devil and he's not the devil. That's, uh, I, yeah, he, he's, 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 the, he's the Marvel placeholder <laughs> That's such devil. such a terrible answer. It is. You get to the end of that and yeah. the result is, yeah, so he, he sort of is, but he isn't. <laughs> Yeah, sort Great, of. But not really. One. I think you fulfilled that oh, part God, of the episode, yeah. so I don't see a problem. Anyway, back to the film. <laughs> In the 80s, a century and a half later, Mephistopheles reaches out to a desperate 17-year-old stunt motorcycle rider, Johnny Blaze. Johnny is about to run away from the circus. I want to stop there and point out the hilarious irony of running away from the circus rather than to the circus, <laughs> which is, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the well-known phrase, uh, with his girlfriend, Roxanne, before they leave Johnny. Uh, before they leave, Johnny finds out uh, his dad has cancer. Mm. The devil offers to cure Johnny's father of lung cancer in exchange for the teenager's soul. Johnny inadvertently signs the contract when a drop of his blood lands on it after it was pricked by Mephistopheles. The next morning, Johnny awakes to discover that his father's cancer is cured, but his father dies that same day in a motorcycle crash. Johnny accuses Mephistopheles of causing his father's death, but since he didn't die from cancer, the demon considers their contract fulfilled. The devil tells Johnny that one day he will make use of him. Until then, he commands the young lad to forget about friends, family and love and to save himself for the devil. Johnny abandons Roxanne and rides off home. So, I mean, it's very rednecky, this whole thing. There's a re- big redneck vibe. Uh, what I mean, do you... Uh, that might upset a lot of people listening. I, I, <laughs> it's oh. a carnival, and it's not happening on either of the two coasts. There we go. I mean, it, it's it's just a carnival. It's a nice, it's a family-friendly carnival. Like, no one was being cheated. No one was being mugged. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, okay, yeah, well, carnies. It was just it a was, nice was, family day out Okay, okay. I, I meant with that. some hard-working southern people, Will. I know. I, I, was, I, my, I only said <laughs> You're that. You're never going to get elected. I, You're never going to get elected. I'm never going to get elected because I insult everybody belt. I love. Um, no, I, I, I was just pointing <laughs> out the massive amount of mullets uh, going on. That's, that's what I saw. I was like, "Whoa, mullets!" There we go. But um, yeah, it, it, the beautiful eighties. I think it, it, it's 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 a part of the very nice thread of this movie is not in New York. Ghost yeah. Rider is not a New York 
movie. So I thought that was that was kind of um, kind of fun. It was quite it's quite uh, a bit. Of, it's a breath of fresh air. It is because often when you do these New York characters, there's a there's a very white collar <laughs> vibe. Like oh, I'm, I'm trying to do yeah. uni stuff, and with this, it's like oh, this is definitely blue collar. And it's like we're not used to blue collar stuff in the Marvel comics. What is this? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And obviously, Peter Fonda as Mephistopheles uh, as the Devil. Great, 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 great performance opening there. It obviously, my first thought was, this is Southern Faust. This is Faust of the Southern States when he makes this contract. Mm. And I, it's very much what what the character is is kind of based on. Yeah, exactly. And then later in the later in the film. He's uh, looking for the books that, that he's got. And he had, uh, lo and behold, a copy of Faust, as in, like, <laughs> hitting the the audience home with, this is what the character is partly based on. Yeah. I think he needs to get uh, an ombudsman. I mean, he didn't he didn't agree to any of that. He didn't sign any contracts. I'm, I'm sorry, but if you spill ink on a contract, it doesn't mean you signed it. He needs to get on to... You know, he's definitely owed some PP, PPI, if you ask me. Um, something in that realm. But an ombudsman is definitely what he needs to come in and just sort this contract business out for him. Because he didn't sign nothing. He, well, it was, it was a blood signature. <clears throat> which I don't know is legally... He had, they gave him a pen. He gave him a pen and then he didn't use it. He, didn't he just use the... happened to bleed. He just happened to bleed. Uh, I don't think that stands up in court. But then again, I think if you, take, if you take on the devil, I don't think you can do it through conventional legal means. <laughs> and that's a sentence well, I that's never, ludicrous. never thought I'd hear myself say. I it's want like a Alan sequel Partridge where Johnny Blaze... Yeah. I want a sequel where Johnny Blaze hires Matt Murdock <laughs> to defend himself against Peter Fonda. Daredevil takes on the devil. Oh, that would be very good. That would be that would be so good as a spin-off. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh also speaking of like uh, other themes, uh when he rode off and then crashed into Mephistopheles, Mephistopheles, it was at a crossroads. Oh my Of course, yeah, it's the devil. Oh my- yeah, exactly. I was like, I, I, I laughed out loud at that. I was like, of course they had to do it at a crossroads. That you, you have to. It's it was just mm. great. I like I like it. I like all these little nods to pop not, to popular culture and, and culture itself blending <laughs> in to go. Yes, he's definitely made a deal with the devil. <laughs> yeah. So the, the big question, obviously, is this what happens in the comic books? Is he a stunt rider who makes a deal with the devil to save his dad? Third time in the show so far. Sort of, but not really. Hey! Um, we're getting a combo going. <laughs> there are odd differences, although it is mainly the same. So, Johnny and his dad are motorcycle stunt riders in travelling carnivals. They have their own show. Oh, no, they're in someone else's show. Mm. But And Johnny's dad does die in a big crash... But that is not who Johnny makes the deal for. Ooh. Johnny's dad just dies and Johnny moves on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Who's more heartless, him or after the devil? His dad, <laughs> after his dad dies, uh, Johnny's taken in by a family of stunt riders that he and his dad worked for. Um, Craig Crash Simpson. Um, and and the, Simpson, the Simpson touring stunt family. Mm. And Simpson becomes Johnny's adoptive father. Okay. Johnny 
rides in their travelling stunt show, and it's Crash Simpson who gets cancer. Ah. Uh... And that's, that takes the father figure role. And Johnny then actively seeks out the devil. This is not an accident. This is not Peter Fonda finding him. Mm. Johnny Blaze starts studying the occult. Mm. He starts learning black magic. And he manages to find a way to summon the devil. And when he summons the devil, he he actively and intentionally makes a deal. It's no accidentally prick your finger. He signs on the dot line, yeah, brilliant, save save my adopted father to cure to cure the cancer. And then just like the movie he crashes cured of the cancer but then he dies trying to jump over 22 cars that is the record that is the record of cars uh that's the record jump set by evil knievel in 1971 right okay Um, so that was just a little you know i like that so yeah the the the, the devil slash mephisto slash the devil again cures the cancer crash dies anyway it's it's cleaner in the movie, like it's it's weird. I mean, we'll, we'll get to why. We'll get to the. There's a bit more to it, and we'll get to it when we talk about some of the some of the character. It's a little bit weird that in the comic book they make his dad die, and then make his adoptive father die, and they're in the same way, <laughs> and that's who the the deal is with, not the first part. Yeah. There's it's, a reason for it, but it's much cleaner this way. I, I was about to say, th- th- this way is incredibly messy. Also, it feels like the reverse of what happened to Robin in Batman. Like, oh, his normal parents died, then he goes to live with uh, a bunch of acrobats or whatever. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be weird. That would, I, I, that's, that's how I What's read What's the that. most... <clears throat> I've got some very disappointing news, though. Oh, no. The circus and carnivals that Johnny Blaze works for, sadly, none of them are the circus of crime. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I did as much research as I could. I really hoped we'd get our like fifth or sixth appearance of the circus of crime on the podcast. But no, sadly, they're just reserved for Hawkeye, Hulk, Swordsman... <laughs> Uh, every other character, Daredevil, every other character under the sun. I like that. I I, I start saying about rednecks and stuff. We go, hey, don't 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 be nasty. It's a lovely fair. And then there's you going. I couldn't find a criminal element within that circus. <laughs> <laughs> I must search for a criminal Slightly element. Different criminal element. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> circus of crime. That sounds like a Motley Crue album that they shouldn't have released. Uh- <laughs> They're the best supervillains in the history of Marvel. They, yep, yep, yep. I, 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 I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight you on that. Uh, so, so, back to the film. Decades pass. Johnny has become a famous stunt rider, known for his amazing capacity to survive disastrous feats. Johnny seems to have a death wish, and his ability to cheat death appears to be supernatural. Mm. Before a particular, particularly dangerous new stunt. Johnny meets his childhood sweetheart, Roxanne Simpson, now a journalist. Roxanne resents Johnny for abandoning her after his father died, but Johnny manages to convince her to have dinner with him. Eva Mendes, very, very, very lovely lovely to see her in this. I think I've only ever seen her in The Other Guys with Will Ferrell. I I love Eva Mendes. Let's let's move on. (laughs) 
Let's just oh, move on. Shucks. Yeah, let's move on. So, I'm not blushing. I, 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 I'm going to have to come out and say something about this film. Uh, I uh, up around this bit, I was really enjoying it. I, I was actually going, oh, this is a really good film. Like around the time, okay, when you have to do the jump across, uh, I think it was five over the, over the helicopters. Sorry, five <laughs> Black Hawk helicopters. Because how do you how do you purvey that sense of patriotism when doing a stunt? No, there must be Black Hawk helicopters. We don't want anything German here. Like it's just to across the Black Hawk helicopters because that's the, as American as you get as a Black Hawk helicopter or an Apache. Uh, so I around this time when he was doing that, I and I'm not kidding here. I genuinely forgot this was a Marvel film. And thought it was a sport, <laughs> sports underdog biopic. I thought it was a sports biopic film where a lovely stunt rider managed to cuckold someone's husband after a jump. Because even though he's, she's clearly married to another guy, and he goes, No, babe, I'm Nicholas Cage. Come with me for dinner. Come on. <laughs> well, I. I mean, that's. I'm afraid he distinctly asks her, I heard you got married, and she says, no, that never happened. Oh, I thought... That's, he'd... like, one of the three things they say to each other. Oh, okay. I, I, I think I was too busy staring at Eva Mendes. Typical, typical. You're too busy creating loved... another brilliant movie in your head. I, 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 I exactly. And, and, and also, I, I, I went for the typical blokey thing of, oh, women... Good to look at, not to listen to. No, that that's. I, I think I must have been. Uh, I've, I've been a bit ill this week. Lay off me. I. I. We need to. We need to, we need to slip you some different meds today. I don't know what's going on. Either that, or just laughing at fist. Sleep. <laughs> Giggling at things that aren't there. Oh, no. Okay. Anyway. So I, 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 I quite enjoyed this aspect to it. I was really loving it. And I just I was just rooting for Nick Cage going, come on, get her back. She's lovely and you guys shouldn't be apart. You're in love. <laughs> he definitely, um, you definitely feel a lot more for him mm. when he first meets her. He becomes yeah. so vulnerable. I think that was, yeah. really, that was really good aspect of it. I, I, I know he's become a punchline, right? <laughs> and I know people enjoy him ironically. But yeah. up to a certain point, Nicolas Cage has an incredible body of work. He is oh, yeah. an incredible actor. He genuinely is. I I can't explain what's happened recently. <laughs> the 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 what Part they said of it is was, a big tax bill. But uh, it's either that or he just he just says yes to anything that's handed to him. He has no. I, I've still got to see um, Mandy. I've still got to see Mandy. I really want to see Mandy because that looks really interesting. Okay. 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 But yeah, that's Nicolas Cage. He can he can really he can really turn it on when he needs to. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> Even at this point. This is the tipping point. Yeah. This this movie what was the one before uh, Wicker Man is the year before this, I think. Oh the same god. Year. No, I didn't watch that. So that's the tipping point. So beyond beyond that is when he starts to make more bad movies than good. And it mm. starts to become oh, he's in it rather than oh okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Wicked Man's the tipping point. <clears throat> yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, so back to the film. Hell is coming. Meanwhile, Mephistopheles' son Blackheart arrives on Earth and murders a bar full of bikers. Blackheart is searching for the lost contract of San Vanganza, to use its power to overcome his father. Blackheart enlists the fallen angels known as the Hidden. 
a trio of demon spirits who represent three of the four elements. The water demon Wallow, the earth demon Gressel, and the air demon Abigor. So there's a lot of demonic, I was going to say denomic, you know, like a denomination. A lot of demonic. (laughs) I mean, there's three of them. Is that a denomination? Who knows? A lot of demonic happenings here. What can you tell us about the hidden? Are they uh, comic book villains? Are they, or or, you know? Nope. Nope, they're not. They're invented for the movie. Inventing for the movie, Ugh. and they suck. They really they have do. Terrible, Grassel, Abigail. I'm sure if I look those up, they'll have some connection to Earth and Air. Those are bad character Ex- names. They're bad characters. Abigail, Gressel, Wallow, kind of, eh, and they they look crap. Um, they're just they're just bad. And also, if you're it feels like it's dangling a plot thread. Does it not? <laughs> I, here I, I, are three of mm. here are three of the four elements. Mm. Water, earth, and air. To go up against our hero who has power over fire. Yeah. Does it not seem like they should be connected? Nope. <laughs> it's it's so why are there not four of them then? Why are there not four of them? It would make sense if it was like, oh, apparently the Ghost Riders were part of that group, the Hidden, but they broke off yeah, from a contract or absolutely. something. From that, but and without 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 having, I'm gonna I'm gonna come here from a, from another angle, from a video game angle. Uh, these come across as the three bosses that you have to kill before you have to get to the final boss. And I would go even further and say they could have been replaced with keys. With special keys, they, they, the, the, these yeah. are the uh, character equivalent of uh, a collection of MacGuffins. Three things that you for not, not really explained that you have to get. And there was no explanation for these people here. They're just henchmen. Yeah, uh, between the two Ghost Riders, they do have a, a crop of like supernatural, cool supernatural villains. Mm. Uh, more than nineties Ghost Rider, really. But they're all very distinctive. And so they probably wouldn't work as throwaway lackeys like this. Mm. Um not without not without like ruining a potential a potential money making character for a sequel. Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. No no no. It kinda of makes sense. I'm just I I, I, I I have to admit, I think my brain went on autopilot when I was watching the the, the fight scenes with them and I was like yeah, he's going to do that. He's going to. Oh, he he did that. You're right, great. And, and I just wasn't. I didn't feel a thing when when. when yeah, when no. There's, there's no reason to with them. I I I just there's felt no reason to mate. Massive waste of time. They could have just 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 just. He could have just summoned random demons to fight him, and I would have went, "Ooh, hello." That would have been interesting. But no, they have to have characters and names. Anyway. Yeah. I, yeah. So, enter Ghost Rider to stop his son. Mephistopheles makes Johnny his new ghost rider, offering to return Johnny's soul if he can defeat Blackheart. Johnny's flesh falls off his body as he transforms into a terrifying demonic form with a flaming skull for a head. As the ghost rider, Johnny can travel at incredible speeds, leaving a trail of white flame, sorry, leaving a trail of flames in his wake, and he can even drive straight up vertical walls. Riding through the city causes 
Riding through City Falls is fire and destruction wherever he goes. The police try to stop Johnny and open fire, but Ghost Rider proves to be bulletproof and unstoppable. Now, as I was saying uh, previously, um, just now, when I, uh, when I was saying this, I was really enjoying this film when I viewed it as a sports underdog biopic. When he becomes the Ghost Rider, yeah. that is when I felt let down because I was he's basically doing <laughs> the same stuff as other superheroes do, but he's had to sell his soul to the devil to do it instead of getting trapped in a radioactive fridge or something. You know, it, it, it feels like a really uneven trade-off because selling your soul to the devil is like one of the most horrible things you can do. And he's essentially, ah, I've got powers like... The rest of like the X Men, it's like that... Well, there are no X Men in his in his world. In his world, yeah. So he, he he's he's sold his soul to gain incredible power. Well, yeah. no, he hasn't, has he? Sorry, he he's received incredible power in exchange for his soul. Hmm. No, he hasn't. No, 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 no. He sold his soul. That's not what happened. He sold There's his no soul. bargain. He sold his soul to save his dad. Save his dad, and now the devil. Peter Fonda owns him, yeah, and as part of that, he's making he's he's forcing these powers onto him. There we go. Okay, okay. I, I okay in a roundabout way. It's a curse. It's a curse. It's a curse. It's like a werewolf or or, a, or like a vampire kind of movie. Yeah, it's a curse. He's, he's had a curse put upon him after a bit of a raw deal with the devil. Uh, although I say curse, it's it, out of all curses I've seen in films, this one's pretty badass. You know, it's not like he can't walk on water. And we can't taste food. I mean, he's he is basically uh, badass. He's, he's just badass. I'm going to use the word badass again because I can't think of another word right now. So <laughs> I I imagine this is quite close uh, to the comic book uh, in terms of how Johnny Blaze becomes Ghost Rider. Is it? No. Um, oh. In the comic book, there isn't. There isn't this really long gap of decades between his deal with the devil and becoming Ghost Rider. Mm. Um, it happens straight away. Ooh. So the devil tries to take Johnny's soul once the deal is done. Mm. But something goes wrong and he can't. He's stopped. So in order to punish Johnny, he curses him to become the Ghost Rider. Right. Now, to begin with, Johnny thinks that transforming into this creature, it's like the the darkness and the evil that comes from within his soul. Um, and he starts to he he feels guilty and and he thinks that it's just a dark version of himself. But he later learns on that what happened is that the devil bonded his soul with that of an ancient demon called Zarathos. Ah, and there we it's go. This powerful demon from hell. Which gives Ghost Rider the powers, and and which forces Johnny to transform, and compels him to punish evil, and sometimes forces him to obey the devil's commands. Mm. And so, there's this ongoing battle between Johnny Blaze and Zarathos for control of of the Ghost Rider. Okay, that uh, happens straight away. That must make for some interesting sort of schizophrenic moments, or. You know, fighting. You know, yeah, first yeah. And it, 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 it gives it a, it gives it a kind of a wider and a bigger scope to the supernatural elements that he's cursed with this demon soul living inside him the whole time, um, and that it kind of, you know, transforms him and 
forces his hand and manipulates him. It's it's really it's really yeah it's really it makes him a thoroughly unique Marvel character slash superhero. Oh yeah, because the elements are supernatural. You don't really get that because Stan Lee's all about what's in the news today with science. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how he uses. Yeah, all doesn't. about science. All about science. All about science. So back to the film. To the graveyard. Ghost Rider goes to where the contract was once buried, but the area has been built over and the graves have been moved. He fights Blackheart and the Hidden and proves to be virtually indestructible. Using a flaming chain, Ghost Rider kills Gressel, the Earth Demon, while the others escape. On his way out of the station, Ghost Rider uses his penance stare on a mugger, causing the criminal to feel all the pain he has caused to others over the years. The penance stare leaves the mugger catatonic, and his victim gets away. Ghost Rider uses his hellfire to transform his bike into a demonic hell cycle with flaming wheels. Uh, I mean, that, that, that bike transformation was pretty cool. I mean, I, I, I was perfectly happy yeah. with the bike before. <clears throat> But then it was like, oh no, now we've got to turn the bike into all girls' goth boots. Every single goth girl's boots. It did look like a big <laughs> pair of New Rock boots in bike form. I got there in the end. I got there in the end. I, 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 I own a pair of New Rocks. Okay, there we go. Now we get the guilt and the shame. Yeah. Um, originally, it was just that his normal, he had a normal stunt motorbike, and uh, it like. I think it left flames behind it originally, yeah. and then like a bit later on, the tires went on fire. And once people <laughs> saw that, that the wheels were were flaming, mm. like I think it's everyone at Marvel just went, and everyone in the audience went, "That is so that like, the re- that is those flaming wheels are incredible. They really yeah. are. Like you've never seen anything like it before at that time." Yeah, that time. And so instead of it being, it leaves a trail of flames behind it, which is a bit like of a kind of a, an old cartoonist joke about something moving fast. Or Back to the Future. It became flame. Yeah, yeah well, they, that's what they took. You know, mm. they took, it's it's a, it's like an old Roadrunner gag or yeah. an old c- cartoon panel gag. Someone moves fast. There's a little bit of fire in the wake. But it it it, it, it they created this idea of flaming wheels, and then they then they turned then the bike. Be- became something else it wasn't like a normal bike it was this demonic kind of hell cycle mm. which just makes dead which makes ghost rider even cooler oh yeah it, it it i can't deny even even though uh you, you know how i am with cgi even i'm looking at it some of, some of it going eh, a little bit dead even i was going that's that's cool that's it does the job it does yeah. the job what it needs to do also Speaking of goth girls, uh, Rebel Wilson <laughs> cameos as the goth girl in the alley who's mm. being mugged. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I could tell her right away, you know, even though she had a hair dye and stuff, and she had that same. What, what would you what do you call uh, Rebel Wilson's approach to when she plays a character? She's very like wide eyed and very sort of there's an awkwardness to to her. Bad, bad. There is that. I think yeah, you mean bad. 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 Yeah. I think you mean one note and bad. Yeah. yeah well, uh, she's she's doing that thing she does uh, apart from not falling over as well. Uh, but know. hey, I mean, you can say exactly the same thing for Robert De Niro for the last twenty-five years. So let's not criticize anyone. Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can make money doing that one thing you do. Then do it. I was about to say same with Al Pacino. He's just yelling. He's been he's he's been just been mm-hmm. shouting for the last few decades. Wah! <laughs> yeah. Once you get past part three, Ooh. just yells all the time. 
Yep, indeed. But that, that, was, that was a very, very interesting uh, cameo there. Uh, also, the pedant stare, that is such a cool... That is such a cool move that he does. I love that. Mm. Uh, of all things, that was such a cool thing to do. I mean, it, it reminds me of Preacher, but we won't talk about Preacher. Uh, is that something that Ghost Rider can do in the comics? It's something that Ghost Rider can do in the comics. Mm. It's not something that Johnny Blaze can do in the comics. Right. The incompatible he Ghost never Rider. Had, he never had that power. Um, the, the 1990s Ghost Rider, Danny Ketch, was a lot more powerful than Johnny Blaze in a, in a number of ways. Mm. Um, the flaming flaming demon chains that he uses... On, on the hidden, that they are, those are exclusively a Danny Ketch ability, and so is the Penance Stare. Um, mm. oh, yeah. Penance Stare was first appears in 1990, created by the writer Howard Mackey, who is the author of, of the of the Rebirth and the New Ghost Rider, um, and it's so unique and it's so cool. It quickly became a a fan favorite. And an ability that became like a defining trait of the character from that point on. Um, Deadpool has been has been shown to be so insane it has no effect on him. The Punisher feels such a lack of remorse for any of his victims that Penance Stare doesn't work on him. <laughs> um, one time when Ghost Rider used the Penance Stare on Thanos. Thanos actually enjoyed experiencing the misery of all his victims. Um, so those are a couple of occasions where it hasn't worked, but it, by and large, um, in the 1990s Fantastic Four cartoon, mm. Ghost Rider joins the FF and Thor and other heroes in, in trying to stop Galactus from devouring the world. And in a truly iconic moment for 90s Marvel fans... Ghost Rider uses the Penance Stare on Galactus and defeats him. Galactus is utterly wrecked by feeling the pain of billions and billions of creatures that he's killed. Yeah, um, and that was that's the secret weapon in beating Galactus. And that we had a couple of people write in and talk about that appearance and that moment happening because um, they remember it from the old nineties. Fantastic Four. I was about to say, that would probably um, cause him an aneurysm. That... If, you, if you had that amount of stuff going on in your head, you would just like... Yeah. Ah! <clears throat> you would just die. And in the Marvel vs. Capcom games, mm. it becomes one of um, Ghost Rider's like, ultra-special moves. The penance yeah. there. You can grab one of the Street Fighter characters and burn their souls with your penance. Um, so yeah, this is kind of why this and something else that comes a little bit later on is kind of why, like Peter J, when he wrote in, he said that he felt that this Ghost Rider was kind of a, a mixture of Johnny Blaze and the very popular '90s Danny Ketch, right? Okay, um, because he seems to have all the abilities, and a little bit later on, well, we'll talk about that when we get to it, but yeah. He does seem to be a mix of the two characters. That would be convenient for a film, you know. They always do it with films. Let's 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 take let's take a comic book character and mix it up a bit with stuffing that works. It's yeah, like, it's like what they did with Spider Man and Sam Raimi. He doesn't need to make his own spider fluid. He creates it in his hands. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Anyway, back to the film. Is this a hangover? The next day, Johnny wakes in a cemetery chapel 
and thinks the whole thing was just a nightmare. But the wise old caretaker of the chapel seems to know all about the history of the Ghost Rider. The caretaker tells Johnny that what happened was definitely real and it will happen again, especially at night when he is near an evil soul. Back at home, Johnny tries to make himself turn into the Ghost Rider, but is unable to do so on command. So, uh, I, 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 on reflection on Ghost Rider at some bits, I did feel like he was uh, like Arnie from Terminator 2 if he was a, more of a cartoon character because of the leather jacket and the stomping and stuff. He has that same kind oh, of unrelenting, robotic, you know, gait to him. Yeah. I, I had that. Also... Uh, John uh, Nicholas Cage trying to turn into Ghost Rider. I mean, all I could—I don't even need to tell you what happens in the scene. If you know Nicholas Cage and you know what Ghost Rider looks like, <laughs> you know what the scene's going to be, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's a, it's a lovely little thing. It's like it's almost uh, harking back to uh, Toby Maguire trying to do uh, the spy, the Spidey um, trying to do the web slinging. You know, go web, go. It, it, it harks back yeah. to that, and it's—it's it's quite a nice little scene, but it's just weird. What did you think? What did you think of the actual transformation bit? When because we 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 we've glossed over and we come straight to this. Yeah, we have. I love that that scene. But when he when his face melts yeah. off and he, and he and he's screaming, but he's laughing and then he's screaming, and like his face is burning. I, I loved it. I think it's the highlight it, of the movie. I th- <laughs> I th- I think it's perfectly horrific because it it's harking to yeah. That kind of horror film, like a werewolf film or something. Like remember, like, remember American Werewolf in London, where he's turning yes. to, and it was horrific. But there was also an edge of funniness to it, you know, because there's there's a song playing in the background, and it's kind of awkward. There is that, and also the fact is, what I loved is he's late for a dinner date. He's he's not going to that date. Yeah, and, it, and it cuts to it cuts to Eva Mendes like going wait, waiting patiently at the dinner table, and he's like going, "My face is melting off." So it, that juxtaposition yeah. really worked for me. I, I that 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 made me chuckle. But yeah, the the the, 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 the transformation is horrific. They play the they play the Eva Mendes side of it too funny for me, mm. or maybe not too funny, but like. It's like she's like nervously eating all the bread, and then she has them pour her a massive glass of wine and starts necking it because yeah. she's so nervous. That's all fine. What is utterly unbelievable for me in this movie mm-hmm. is when Eva Mendes, Eva Mendes, has to ask the waiter, yeah. "You think I'm pretty, don't you?" I was and the off. waiter yeah. like screws his face up and is like, "Uh, no," and walks away. That's just too far in this fantasy no. <laughs> flaming I, skull I, movie. I I can't believe that scene. I I mean I mean even her saying it felt off to me. I was like, no, this this is this this doesn't feel right, you know. But obviously, I kind of don't mind it so much because it, it's it's showing how nervous she and is and vulnerability of the character. How, yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's just the bit that then this character with a straight face will like turn his nose up and be like no you're gross Eva Mendes Eva Mendes and like walk away I don't date nines I only date tens says the waiter <laughs> yeah uh, oh dear that so, scene in Archer where Lana um, offers herself to every man in the office but Archer to get back at him um, and uh, the incredibly 
incredibly camp gay colleague takes a number and signs up and she's like you're gay and he's like oh honey no one's that gay <laughs> that's uh <laughs> is that ray that's oh, live with me is a really funny scene oh. and uh, i thought it might apply to him oh arch is fantastic i need to go through that again so turning into a monster at night time um as i said it does hark back to those old horror films it does see, feel like a bit like a werewolf uh is that is that true to the to the character? He can only become Ghost Rider at night. Yeah, to begin Oof. with. Um, to begin with, it's it's very much to begin with. Yeah, it's very mm. much in, in in that werewolf vein. You, you're right. Um, Marvel had just had success with another supernatural character called Werewolf by Night, who got his start in Marvel Spotlight, just like Ghost Rider and and Werewolf by Night, who's real name right he's a werewolf yeah his real yeah. name is jack russell <laughs> um so werewolf by night it had proved to be so popular in the early 70s that after his marvel spotlight story he got his own series 1971 is the first appearance of the very popular spider-man supernatural character morbius Yes, um, yes, as well, and yeah. the lizard starts becoming more popular. So we, they are pushing that classic monster feel, mm. um, and yeah, to begin with, Ghost Rider only came out at night in the presence of evil, or if the the devil commanded it. But that didn't last too long, especially when <laughs> writer Tony Isabella um, had. Ghost Rider join a superhero team in California. <laughs> and have superhero, but you know they, they have superheroes. Don't you know the Avengers don't wait until nightfall to have an Avengers super fight, and neither do the do the goddamn champions, the greatest super team of all time. So you know they're doing lots of sunshine battles, you know, around the West Coast. Um, in broad daylight with Hercules the Greek god <laughs> and a guy with wings. It's like at that point, so it, it, yeah, I was about to say when you have Hercules the Greek god, you're just like, is there a point in the rest of us? <laughs> yeah, well, it's like saying why have Thor and anyone else on the Avengers because yeah, you know true. some things are more powerful. The thing about the champions, though, is that so this <laughs> the Avengers battle Earth's mightiest supervillains. The the champions, the whole point of the champions was to be superheroes for the average joe so they had like a a landline number that you'd mm. call and say i'm in trouble i need a superhero and then the avenger the champions would turn up on your doorstep and go what, what's the problem little timmy <laughs> my dog's stuck down a well well i'll send the greek god hercules to help you then <laughs> um so the uh, fyi the champions are amazing so the they're similar to the hulk um, in that the Hulk to begin with became the Hulk at night time oh. but soon after it, 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 it you say that you don't remember our Hulk episode Will no I don't I'm not very well oh my god <laughs> just because it's been 16 episodes ago so yes he, 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 he transformed at night but then after a while the writers realised that's a bit too constricting mm. we need him to be able to you know go on a sunshine motorcycle ride with the Black Widow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is terribly constricting. Plus, you know, you, 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 you kind of want him to enjoy the sun. 
even though he's just yes yeah. yeah, sure i i don't yeah. know i don't know i have nothing else to say about the sunshine no you just what happened is you just started talking i just started talking <laughs> even you had nothing to say <laughs> hoping you'd think of something that's the mistake no no the, the, the mask fell the mask fell i never have anything to say anyway <laughs> <laughs> so uh, where where was i so things get worse after being stood up on their date Roxanne confronts Johnny about his behaviour. Johnny says that he does care about her and tries to explain what's going on. He tells Roxanne that he is a bounty hunter for the devil, but she doesn't believe him. The police arrive. What a shock. I know, what a shock. I mean, you know, props to him for actually doing it. Uh, The police arrive and take Johnny into custody for his connection to the damage done to the city and the deaths caused by Blackheart. Trapped in a cell at night, Johnny is attacked by a bunch of criminals, triggering, triggering his transformation into Ghost Rider. He uses his penance stare on the thugs and then steals their studded leather jacket and gloves. Ghost Rider grows metal spikes out of his jacket and gloves, steals his bike and rides out of custody. I did enjoy this scene because it was one of those scenes that you saw coming a mile away the moment you saw a big cell. You knew yeah. it was going to happen because there's no other. Because it, it, yeah. if, if it if it came out like, oh, uh, we're going to let you go on bail, but don't, but don't burn any more things or wither people away, <laughs> or, or, or you'll be, you know, you, you won't. Yeah. You, you're expecting him to turn it in the middle of there, and it was. I, I, I have no complaints about that scene. It was, it was done the best as, as it could. Oh, I, 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 it, that's also another part of um, this idea that Peter J said to us about yeah. how. This Ghost Rider is a blend. Mm. Um, Johnny Blaze's character, he wears a jumpsuit. Right. Okay. Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider wears a jumpsuit. Like Evil Knievel slash mm. Elvis, you know, in one of his in the 68 popular popular Vegas thing. Yeah. That jumpsuit is kind of really important. No cape, but he wears the jumpsuit. Mm. Part of being a stunt rider and all of that. It's Danny Ketch who wears leather. And he doesn't just wear like a leather jacket. He has leather with the spikes on the shoulders that he grows in this. He has the leather gloves with spikes that grow out of the studs on the gloves. That is Danny Ketch. That is 90s Ghost Rider. So that was interesting. and It was was very cool to see it, but unfortunately for someone like me, you know, kind of like, oh, which Doctor Who is your Doctor? Like I spent the whole time thinking, yeah, but where's Danny? Where's my Where's my Ghost Rider? Where's... Now you look like him, but you're not him. Where's my Where's my Ghost Rider? Yeah, yeah, I'll tell um, you that. But it's a, it's still a really cool look. It it is. It's, it's a really great look. But as you say, he looks like a, less like a stunt rider now, and pretty much like a Hell's Angels biker. I mean, which look is closer to the comics? You're saying it's a mix, isn't here, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is a mix. Um, the, the 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 hell the 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 kind of the hell's angel, but the biker look um, mm. is is catch. Mm. The stunt rider look is is blaze, and this it's like they wanted to do everything. I think that's that's some of the problem of these pre MCU movies. Mm. They feel like they've only got one shot, which may well be true. (laughs) So what they try to do is they try to do everything, right? The the Daredevil movie didn't just want to do the origin of Daredevil. It wanted to do the origin of Daredevil, him fighting Kingpin, 
him fighting Bullseye, mm. Bullseye killing Electra. Yeah. He wanted to do all of it in an hour and a half. And I think this is I think this and it's just, it's just the same guy, isn't it, writing and, and directing. And I think, yeah, they, they decided, okay, we've got one chance to do Ghost Rider. Let's put all the cool elements into one kind of go because we don't think or we don't know if we're gonna get a sequel. Yeah. And I don't think they give the stories enough chance to breathe. Yeah. Um, whereas Marvel, don't get me wrong, Marvel do not know when they make Iron Man that they are going to be successful and that they're going to get to do another one. They do not know that. They are like any other movie studio. They have to wait and see. Yeah. But they still didn't do They didn't do the origin plus uh, Mandarin, plus War Machine, plus Alcohol. They didn't do everything. They didn't do all the cool moments, plus Hulkbuster Arm. They didn't do that at all. The very nature of how they started to make these films was to say, we're going to give them room to breathe. And I'm sure it helps to have, no offence to Stephen Mike Johnson, Johnson Mike Stevenson. Yes, three these names. These guys got three first names, mm. whatever his name is. Yeah. Mark James Williams. It's three first names. It's dumb. What? No, no offense to him. He he wrote an incredible magical snowman movie with 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 Michael Keaton, but he's not exactly <laughs> the same caliber of writer as, as as we get to see in the MCU. Mm, exactly. So perhaps he doesn't have the ability to go. This is what we should do. He just goes all the cool things of Danny Ketch. All the cool things, like a whiteboard, all the cool things of Johnny Blaze, yeah. throw them all together, we've got 90 minutes, let's do it. it yeah, exactly. They, they, they want that, they want that they could be their only shot, they want it to be something that hits, and it sort of did. That's what happens. Anyway, back to the film. Ghost Rider finds Blackheart and the Fallen Angels searching for the contract. Chasing Abigail the Wind Demon, Ghost Rider drives straight up a skyscraper and threatens to crash a police helicopter. Rider kills Abigail, causing mayhem and destruction in full view of Roxanne and the police force. Observing the scene, Blackheart sees Ghost Rider reach out to Roxanne and realise she is Johnny's weakness. Uh, just a quick thing, what city is this based in? Is it Texas? It's a city in Texas, isn't it? Is it... I think no idea. I, no, I, no I, idea. I thought it was a city in Texas because he was on tour at the time doing all the southern states, and it looked like a, I, I, I was guessing Texas, somewhere in Texas. I, I, I think it's south, but I, you yeah. know, yeah, could be one of the cities. Uh, what can you tell us about Roxanne, though? I think this is the time to talk about her now. Is she, is she, is she a big character? Roxanne. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, he couldn't resist. So in 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 the comic book, she's huge to Johnny. She really is very important. In the comic books, Roxanne is the daughter of Crash Simpson. Mm. So she's part of the traveling stunt show that Johnny joins. Her father adopts Johnny. That's how they meet. That's how they they become inseparable, and they fall in love. Mm. So they're they're almost like adopted brother sister. Yeah, and the impetus for Johnny doing his deal with the devil is less about him wanting to save a father figure and more Johnny doesn't want Roxanne to lose her dad Ah. that's the reason 
he sells his soul for her essentially ah. that's what it's all about it's for it's for it's for love of Roxanne that he wants to you know not that he doesn't feel have any feelings towards his adoptive father but it's written so that you know it's like Johnny lost his dad hmm. to death to a crash Get through death. he he knows how painful that was and he doesn't want Roxanne to go through the same thing so he finds a way to sell his soul so it's i mean when the, when the devil Oh, I was just going to say, okay. it's, it's, it's very sweet, but that would be very hard to convey in this kind of film. Um, I don't know. I mean, you start with um, a young lad who's uh, orphaned. You you have the very quick, the very quick life of him with the with Roxanne, like they showed us, yeah. and his adoptive dad. You have the same kind of cancer thing, and then I no, it could have been done. It could have been done very easily, and it would have benefited Ava Mendes's character immensely to have some other connection, especially for what's about to. So, hmm. when the devil comes to claim Johnny's soul, he stopped. The devil is stopped by Roxanne, and we discover that behind Johnny's back, she's been reading all of Johnny's books on the occult. Ah. And found that the devil can be banished by true love and a pure soul. Oh. So she sees this incantation. It's real Harry Potter's mom moment. Yeah, drives the devil away and and banishes him, and he can no longer claim Johnny's soul because of of true love. Um, and it's Rocks Anne denying the devil that. Causes the devil to curse Johnny to become Ghost Rider. Right, that makes sense. Okay, and and once once he becomes Ghost Rider, the devil slash Mephisto slash the devil keeps trying to get Roxanne to rescind her love and her protection of Johnny, so he can claim Johnny's soul. Okay, so that's an ongoing story thread throughout the those those seventies Ghost Rider stories. Okay, um, and that would have benefited Eva Mendes's character to be something other than just she goes on a date but doesn't, and then she's there at the end. You know, that she's just it's it's a it's a terrible. You know, it's a terrible female character. It really is. She just gets kidnapped. She's got nothing to do. She doesn't have any smart lines. I I know. don't think even in the pre-production stages there was any conversation about making her a bit more than that. I think I I think they must have glossed over that. Yeah, yep. one year removed from Gwyneth Paltrow in Iron Man. Think of the, think of the Ooh. staggering difference, very in how those characters are written, yeah, and and presented to the audience. One one year removed. This feels like it, as we said before, with Daredevil and not Daredevil, with Fantastic Four. This feels like a nineteen nineties movie yes. to some degree the yes. characterization the characterization of a woman particularly feels so badly written it feels like it's a 1990s movie where they want a pat on the back for introducing a female character <laughs> and then they're like oh no she doesn't got anything to do or say but she's there of course she's there Ugh. yeah yeah anyway back to the film johnny goes for advice to the caretaker who tells him of his predecessor, Carter Slade, a Texas Ranger known as a man of honour before his greed became a reason for him to be sentenced to death. 
Slade made a deal with Mephistopheles to break free. In return, Slade became the Ghost Rider, who rid, who hid the contract of San Venganza. So, I I like. Wait a minute. Oh no! I, I put my, I put my note in another bit. I, I I again another 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 moment to uh, to pat Sam Elliott on the head for a job well done. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah. Even even if it, even if he was quite brief in this and he wasn't as warm as he usually could be, but Carter Slade. Uh, we heard about Carter Slade early on, but in this movie, he he he's actually a ghost rider. Is that the same in the comic books? Carter Slade is the Wild West uh, ghost rider that we talked about. The the, the the Phantom, the Phantom, that becomes the Phantom Rider, but he he never becomes a ghost rider. No, mm. um, he's a regular human. He does the um, he does the, uh, the 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 floating head trick and the ghost in the night trick, <laughs> and that's. That that is that is that that original ghost. Well, not the original. The second Ghost Rider, who became the Phantom Rider, is Carter Slade, who we see here as being sort of a this yeah this this original Wild West version of of, of Ghost Rider, mm. which I thought was a neat little tie-in. But no, he's not. He doesn't have any. He's a regular human cowboy throughout all his adventures, right up until he dies. He does at one point. His descendant Hamilton Slade gets into trouble in the the modern Marvel age, and Carter's spirit comes back from beyond the nether, nether the nether world and possesses Hamilton and gives him phantom like abilities to do stuff. But no, um, Carter Slade sadly never gets a flaming skull or a flaming horse or anything like that. He's just a cowboy with a cape. Just that, just, just that, just that. So back to the film. The caretaker tells Johnny that Blackheart and the fallen angels will use loved ones against him. The old man warns Johnny to stay away from anyone Blackheart can use to destroy him. Johnny then returns home and discovers that Blackheart has killed his friend Mac and taken Roxanne captive. Turning into Ghost Rider... Johnny battles Blackheart, but finds that his penance stare has no effect on the demon. Blackheart reveals he has no soul for Ghost Rider to torment. Blackheart threatens to kill Roxanne if Johnny does not deliver the contract of San Venganza to him. So, I think now's the time we talk about Blackheart. I'm assuming he's a comic book character. Oh, now's the time. Yes, yeah, he 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 is, um, and he he's kind of one that that had a surge had a surge of being used in the nineties, and then just pretty much vanished into 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 nothing really. Um, he's not a Johnny Blaze character like villain. Hmm. He's a Danny Ketch villain, right? Um, so his art, um, he's. He is Mephisto's son in the comic books. Okay, but he look—he's a—he's a—he's a giant black demon, um, like you know, seven, eight foot, whatever. Mm. Kind of weird predator tendrils slash hair, a tail, Ooh. you know, blood red eyes, and like a mouth full of teeth. 
he does not look like a little emo boy <laughs> like like this dude um uh, he he was he's sort of he is mephisto's son but he's not like mephisto laid with a lady and created the child mephisto <laughs> went to this place this town which had had like centuries of murders in one area uh, localized and Mephisto was like, "Oh, that's a lot of lovely, tasty, evil psychic energy," <laughs> and he took all of that and used it to create uh, a, a mini demon. And he started teaching Black Art the, the ways of corruption and evil. And Black Art's kind of first earliest outings are trying to corrupt Spider Man, and then later he tries to corrupt Daredevil, and he fails. And kind of by failing, he becomes impressed with humanity's. Resolve, ah, and basically thinks that Mephisto needs to be overthrown, um, and he's going to get himself a piece of hell, and he's going to kill his dad and everything. Mephisto banishes him to Earth and tells him if he ever uses his powers again, it'll destroy him. There's a the only really memorable story that's lasted of Blackheart. It's a graphic novel called from the nineties called Hearts of Darkness, um, with the most popular anti-heroes in Marvel all in one place, Ooh. teaming up together. It was honestly, it was such a sensation at the time. Blackheart goes back to that evil murder town where he was sort of born, and summons the Danny Ketch Ghost Rider, Wolverine, and Punisher all to the same town to try to enlist them to overthrow his father and um, take the throne of hell it was a really big deal in the 90s mm. because of how popular those those characters were and because of how badass they. it was, I don't know man I can remember seeing it for the first time in a comic book shop and there was something about seeing seeing those three together, because they were all loners at the time Wolverine mm. um, was in and out of the X-Men he hadn't done the Avengers Punisher had been on the fringe of the Marvel Universe for a while. Ghost Rider didn't, outside of his uh, Johnny Blaze, he didn't have any other kind of you know allegiances. He'd never joined the Avengers at that point. He'd never worked with any other. So it was a real special kind of moment to have these three loners and anti-heroes together um, killing bad guys, <laughs> which was the <laughs> part of the grooming gritty part of it. Uh, Blackheart clashed with with Ghost Rider Danny Ketch in the nineties several times, and he got destroyed. And then he's come back a few times since then, but not to any like. Imp- oh, oh, you know what? I think I think very recently he has he has become important recently. Um, but 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 by and large, for the vast majority of time, he had this little spell in the nineties, and then he kind of vanished. But he is a playable character in the Marvel versus Capcom video game, so. Uh, he he lives on in other media. That's fair. It seems like there's Marvel versus Capcom games. They just drag everybody in. They even drag uh, random Capcom characters in. But that's a conversation for another time. They're fun. I like them. They're they, fun. I'm, I I think I think I think I can get them on Steam. I might look into it. But anyway, so back to the film. Finding the contract. Johnny returns to the grave site to try and find the hidden contract. Johnny thinks that the contract must be buried in one of the graves. As Johnny starts to dig, the caretaker snatches the shovel and breaks it, revealing the contract hidden in its hollow handle. Though reminded of the consequences, Johnny asks the caretaker to trust him. The caretaker then reveals that he 
is Carter Slade. Having held on to his last bit of power in expectation of this moment, Slade speculates that Johnny has God on his side because Johnny made his deal with Mephistopheles out of love rather than greed and shows Johnny the way to San Venganza. They ride together into the desert, both in ghost rider form. Slade is riding a supernatural horse which can keep up with Johnny's motorcycle. This bit was quite cool. Yes. Yes. It was like... Suddenly... Yeah. You 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 you've got mythology. You want to, you want to. Oh, there are, there have been more Ghost Riders. There have been there have been several. You know, it like it, it it this one shining moment in the movie made you actually want to learn more about the mythology <laughs> of this character, much more than anything else they've done in the film. Um, and and, and it just evaporates. <laughs> It's just snuffed. It gets snuffed out. Like it lasts. It lasts. I don't know, sixty seconds, maybe, maybe ninety seconds, and then it's gone. But they did. And it is. It's just. They did use Ghost Riders in the Sky, a cover of Ghost Rider. Well, obviously, all, all most of them have been covers because it's such an old song, apparently. But yeah, that, that, that was very welcome to hear in that bit. I was like, yeah, obviously they have to use the song Ghost Riders in the Sky, otherwise they've. They, they've wasted a massive opportunity there. It's like if they, when they did Spider-Man mm, Homecoming, sure. they didn't at least play the Spider-Man theme at some point, and they did it right at the beginning yeah, in orchestral form. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you've got to play Ghost Riders in the Sky, and it fitted so well when they were riding together. Yeah, it's a real, it's the, it's the best, I think it's the coolest kind of scene or, or mm. visual in the movie. And, yeah. So, with many Ghost Riders and the mythology that we did not get to explore in the film much, uh, has Johnny Blaze ever met Carter Slade in the comic books, at least? You wouldn't have thought so, because Carter mm. Slade is not a Ghost Rider. Exactly. He's Phosphorus like, he is Rider. In this, but, in, but in the comic books, he's, he's the Phosphorus Rider. Yeah. Um, hey, um, you know when they originally changed his name mm. from Ghost Rider to a different name... They used the name Knight Rider. No. Um, and then someone got in their ear and said, you can't do that, especially not with a character dressed all in white, because Knight Rider is the name of a horrific, despicable Ku Klux Klan position. Oh. You know, for people that go around lynching dudes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I, it, which, is why the, which is why the TV show was always a little bit sus. They spell it with a K, so it's a little different. But yeah, yeah. but it's it's there on a few front covers when they reintroduce uh, Carter Slade, and before they found the Phantom Rider name, he is reintroduced as the Knight Rider. And then someone wises Marvel up and says, "No, no, 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 no! This is very, very worrying and offensive and grotesque." Mm. Um, so. Yeah, in 1980, to celebrate the 50th issue of, of Ghost Rider, they have this big double-sized issue, and uh, they team the two characters up. Johnny Blaze gets transported back in time to the Old West, where he joins forces with Carter Slade. Um, and they do have a cool moment like this of Ghost Rider you know, blazing along on, on his bike and the Phantom Rider riding alongside him. Sadly, the original printing of that does carry the name Knight Rider so it's a bit <laughs> gross but 
re- reprints have, have done away with that, of course. Obviously. Okay. <laughs> Moving away from KKK territory. Right, it's back yeah. to the film. Yeah, awkward. They stop a short distance from the town where Slade gives Johnny his pump-action shotgun and the warning to stick to the shadows before fading away. So what was the point... Before fading away. Fading away. What was the point of that? He saved the last of his powers to go for a bit of a ride and not do anything else of, and, and then just die? Uh, it's, it, I, I, was, I, I, I was re-maddened. This, this was the remaddening because I was just as mad when I saw it in the cinema, and then when I watched it, rewatched it again for the episode, I was remaddened because I remembered what is the point of that ride? What did it do? <laughs> it's not like he protected. It's not like he helped protect him from other people coming to get them during the journey. It's not like Johnny Blaze said, "Oh man, it's going to be a long ride, and there's a lot of bad guys out there between here and where I need to be." And Carter Slade was like. I'll help you get there, buddy. He did nothing. He saved all his power up for one last transformation into a ghost rider to ride a bit of the way and then vanish. I think it it's, is dumb. It was just to show him where it was, right? I mean, that, I think that was, the, that was that was the purpose, just to show him where the place was. Well, they never said they never said that. They never there was never any explicit language that said you could never find it on your own. Only someone who's been <laughs> to San Lang San Van Ganza before can lead you there. And I am the only. They never said any of that. He just said, "I got a little less juice left in me. Let's go for a ride." And then he d- just vanishes. It's stupid. It's stupid. Is it going to? He be should a have last... been there. Yeah. Like there needs to be. That character uh, has its origin in like being a bad dude to some degree, doesn't he? What Carter Slade? Oh, he's honourable. Yeah, oh, he, he he made the deal out of greed. That was that's the closest. I so can he get needs to. redemption. So he doesn't have he doesn't. He, the, the story does not give him any redemption. He needed to have sacrificed himself in the final battle. You can still have the thing of Johnny Blaze beating the bad guys on his own, but have Carter Slade shoot some bad guys to begin with and then sacrifice himself, it would make Blackheart look more powerful because, oh my God, he just killed the original Ghost Rider. Uh, it would give um, Carter Slade a bit of redemption. It would give a purpose to him being there. Oh my God, Will. Oh, the re it, it, I mean, I mean, it, it looked cool. There's that. Yep. Can't you just like yeah, things on surface? Yeah, but something. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. Anyway, anyway. So, after killing the water angel Wallow, Johnny gives the contract to Blackheart oh. and tries... To, I, th- th- you're going ha- like, to have to admit that it just looked badass and... Nothing should be read into. <laughs> no, it was just... I remembered, I remembered one of the villains is called Wallow. Yeah. Jesus. This, 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 he sounds like um, a preppy at like an upstate college in on the east coast. This is my roommate Wallow, Wallow Sandersfun. He sounds like he's heir to a biscuit empire. He sounds like another ca- character from X Men who's similar to Toad. Wallow. <laughs> he just sounds like that guy. Mm. And also, how does he kill him? He he, he just sort of boils um, the water. He dissipates. He uses his. He, he boils yeah, the water yeah, and he dissipates. Yeah. And it's like, 
Right, so he he's he, he, he all you need to kill him is a kettle. <laughs> That's all you need to kill. Well, him. how did he kill the the air dude? He killed the air dude by spinning his flaming chain around and blowing him away. Yeah, it's these just... are terrible villains. They're awful. The, 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 these these are barely henchmen. If you're going to have themed henchmen, actually commit to it. So, Bob, Bob in the. In the, Bob in the 1980s Tim Burton Batman is a much better henchman than these guys. Bob, Bob. lasts much longer. He has a great arc. He has yep. some great lines. He's he's effective. Bob anyway. Gunn, <laughs> you are Brilliant. number one. Brilliant guy. Sorry, I love doing that. Any opportunity I get. Anyway, so Johnny gives the contract to Blackheart and tries to transform into Ghost Rider to fight him. But the sun rises and stops him. Johnny discovers that his powers return when he crawls into dark shadows. Blackheart uses the contract to absorb the thousand souls of San Vanganza. Sorry, San Vanganza into his body, taking the name Legion. So does Blackheart become Legion in the comic books? And is this the only Legion in the comic books? Because I thought there was a TV show called Legion that was Marvel. Right. Yeah, but that's X Men, right? And it's nothing to do with this. So Legion is like a, a, a biblical uh, term, or it's a it's a it's a biblical. Hmm, I don't want to say character because that might offend people, but it's a a thing in the Bible that that does refer to you know um, a lot of souls. Yeah, t- 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 you know, and it, and it, in in kind of theological biblical fiction, Legion in in lots of different biblical fiction often refers to a, a, a yeah a, a collective of demonic souls from hell that all work together and they possess a person and that person in often in these movies speaks with a voice that sounds like lots of voices and it will say we are legion like yeah. that i've seen it about eighty thousand times yeah um, the character, the character in, in in X Men is very different, and he's got a split personality, so that's kind of why 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 that name is given to him. In it, 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 this particular one, no, Blackheart has no connection to the Ghost Rider Legion. It's a different, albeit short-lived villain uh, entirely. So, so take a breath, breathe in with me, breathe out. Strap yourself in. Okay, I'm strapped. Uh, so, so Roxanne in the seventies gets amnesia, and is then possessed by a group of demonic souls working for Mephisto, who call themselves Legion. So she's got amnesia, and she's being possessed. Legion possesses her when she's got no memory, and turn her into another woman entirely, mm. called Katie Milner. Oh, Katie Milner works as a stunt double. For an actress you may have heard of from the Daredevil episode, Karen Page. That's right, Daredevil's old girlfriend who, in the 70s, moved to the West Coast. <sighs> so Katie Milner, who is really Roxanne, becomes Karen Page's, Daredevil's old girlfriend's, stunt double because she's an actress. Right. It's super confusing. Because that at the time, confusing. Karen Page is also being brainwashed by another supervillain called the Orb, who just has a crystal ball instead of a head. <laughs> and she shoots. Does she shoot Johnny? I think she shoots Johnny Blaze. Daredevil's involved. Ugh. Anyway, 
Daredevil, no, Ghost Rider teams up with Damien Hellstrom, the son of Satan, and he performs this exorcism and and drives Legion out of Katie Milner, and they're able to turn her back into Roxanne. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's Legion when it comes to Ghost Rider. Has nothing to do with the X Men. It has nothing to do with Blackheart. But there we go. Okay, uh, could we just uh, rewind a sec there? What uh, name was Roxanne given? What? What? Sorry. What was the name she had? Katie. Katie Milner. Katie Milner. There you go. There's a perfectly ordinary, boring name in a Marvel universe. <laughs> yes, because she's a perfectly ordinary, boring character. Oh come on! Even the most boring characters, like side characters, have weird names like Mary Jane, Pepper Potts, and whatnot. Katie Milner. What's works- what's wrong with Mary Jane? <laughs> Mary Jane is, I mean, obviously it, 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 you think of weed because that's the, that's the reference, isn't it? You think it's the reference. Katie Milner. Yeah, so- but it is also just two normal names. It, it, it is two normal names. Pepper Potts is unforgivable, I'll give you that. Pepper Potts is a very And I'm bad fairly name. certain, I have a feeling that Pepper isn't her first name. Uh, I think Pepper's meant to be a nickname because her surname is Potts. Uh, yeah, that but would- I don't quote me on that. I, I, I might, might check that out and... Uh, Research. But anyway, back to the film. The final battle. He attempts to kill Johnny, but is distracted when Roxanne uses Johnny's shotgun to separate them. After she fails to destroy Legion, Johnny takes the gun and moves into the shadows. This allows him to transform into Ghost Rider form. The shotgun transforms into a supernatural weapon which suits Hellfire, and Johnny uses it to blast Legion apart. So it was pretty cool seeing Ghost Rider turn other things into demon weapons. Does he do that in a comic? Uh, Hellfire manipulation like that? <sighs> Not when he's Ghost Rider. So Johnny Blaze's Ghost Rider mm. can command Hellfire and he can fire it at people. No problem. But he doesn't tend to do it through a weapon. When we get to the 90s, Johnny Blaze returns after 10 years of not being Ghost Rider. And when he returns as a normal person, he is this... He's like... We'll do more of this in the bonus episode, because no. I, I freaking love this character. He became almost Marvel's more superhero-y version of John Constantine. Yeah, like, yeah. He, he, he was dark, he was smoked he drank he had a trench coat kind of kind of thing um he had no superpowers but he had a, an incredible knowledge of the occult and he then started to use a hellfire shotgun just like this that he used to hunt and kill demons um and that johnny blaze not ghost rider no flaming skull he just rode a badass motorbike he had a hellfire shooting shotgun. He was haunted by all the terrible things he'd done in his life. He used to be possessed by a demon and he's not anymore. And now he was like back at odds with the new Ghost Rider. It was utterly awesome. Utterly badass. We will go into all of it on the bonus episode um, coming up uh, next week. So make sure you subscribe to learn more about Badass Johnny Blaze post Ghost Rider. I mean, it's badass enough, but I'm looking forward to that. But anyway, Legion is almost unstoppable. 
Legion is able to reform his body, but Johnny moves in and uses his penance stare. Now that Blackheart has absorbed the thousand souls of San Venganza, the penance stare is a thousand times more powerful. Blackheart is left catatonic and defeated. Johnny turns away from Roxanne, ashamed of his monstrous appearance, but she approaches him. Mephistopheles appears and gives Johnny his soul, offering to terminate the burden of Ghost Rider. Johnny refuses, saying he will use his power against Mephistopheles, against all harm that comes to the innocent, and avenge his father. So, in the comic books, does Johnny ever escape the curse of being Ghost Rider? Yeah, 1983, when... um... When they basically end 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 the end of the comic book, end of the series, um, after a decade on the road as Ghost Rider struggling with the demon Zarathos for for control, Roxanne re-enters Johnny's life and draws him into a battle with um, Centurius, a <laughs> soulless immortal with a centuries-old vendetta against the demon living inside Johnny. Ooh. Having no soul, um, Centurius is impervious to most magic, and Ghost Rider is virtually powerless against him. Centurius mm. wanted to trap Zarathos inside something called the Crystal of Souls, and in the end, after this climactic battle, Zarathos sacrifices himself and traps Centurius inside the crystal with him as well. Ooh. So without Zarathos around, Johnny is is free from the curse. No more Ghost Rider. Ooh, um, so he stops riding. He settles down with Roxanne. They have two children. He was happy throughout the 1980s. This would all come to an end in the 1990s with the new Ghost Rider series where we get this haunted, cool, new Johnny Blaze back from family life hunting down demons um but we will have to do that elsewhere yeah 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 definitely Oof. okay so it comes to the end of the movie ghost rider wins infuriated at being robbed of the power mephistopheles vows to make johnny pay to which johnny in response recites his favorite saying you can't live in fear mephistopheles then disappears and blackheart's body disappears with him as roxanne strokes johnny's bare skull he reverts to human form and the flesh and skin and hair of his head reappears. Johnny and Roxanne share words and a kiss at a tree marked to symbolise their relationship whereupon Johnny rides into the sunset. So, the worst thing about the ending for me, and it's not the film's fault, that because I cheekily, because I, I, I managed to get Amazon Prime for a week for for like 99p where they keep throwing the offer at me and i needed to get some stuff for the house very naughty of me so i decided to watch it on prime uh towards the end of the film at the bottom corner of the screen there popped up a widget saying up next the green lantern and that ruined everything for me (laughs) i don't think the green lantern is as bad as you first think i rewatched it a couple of years ago it was fine it was perfectly fine Okay. But okay. anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that brings us then to the end of 2007's Ghost Rider, the last Marvel movie before the beginning of the MCU. That is quite a chapter in, in this journey of ours. 
Um, and I think we've drawn some very interesting conclusions about casting choices, <laughs> about the presentation of female characters, about how Marvel in the MCU would really change the game for a lot and force these other production companies to step up to really raise their game. They had to in order to be seen as not even just be seen on in order to make money in the same way that Iron Man and the rest did. Um Will, your <laughs> final thoughts then on on uh Nicolas Cage and on Ghost Rider. I as I said before, I think I would have preferred it if if there was more Nicolas Cage madness. <laughs> I, I, I if think there was Nick- no Ghost Rider. Oh right, right. You just want a stunt movie. I, I, in fact, I would have preferred it if they said, "Oh, if he goes, oh, I'm Ghost Rider now," oh, and then he didn't have a flaming skull. It was just Nicolas Cage pretending. You know, like that film where he thinks he's a vampire. I think it would be better if Nicolas Cage's character thought he was <laughs> Ghost Rider and went around pretending he right. was Ghost Rider. I, I think that could have been fun. Like that could have been quite a film. I would have explored. Because of, I, okay. I like okay. Nicolas Cage. I think he's hilarious to watch. So it didn't it didn't grab you in the way they wanted it to. Then some bits did. Some bits with Ghost Rider did, but a, it, this is how do I describe this? A lot of the way the scenes played out, a lot of the action stuff played out in a very functional and uniform way that was very predictable, yeah. and I felt very sort of about about a lot of it. There was a, I think there was a definite lack of imagination, yeah. especially in, in 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 the action scenes. You're absolutely right. Um, there is, it's a very paint by numbers oh, um, affair. Totally, totally. Um, and I think, uh, let's find this dude's name because this is going to bug me now. Um, Stephen Mark Johnson's no, <laughs> what is it? Stephen Mark Johnson. Mark Stephen John. No, it's Mark Stephen Johnson. It's some combination of three stupid names. Um, Mark Stephen Johnson, I think, got produced a better movie with Daredevil. Mm. I think because of the source material. Yeah, that, that makes I sense. I think they had he had stronger source material to draw upon. Yeah. Um, at this point, with throwing everything in the kettle. I don't think he had one strong story um, to really do much with. He, he, he took elements from everywhere, but yeah. Did it get you excited about the Ghost Rider character? Did it make you want to see a sequel or read a Ghost Rider comic? I, I'm i interested in the fact he pops up in um, <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and if they announce him popping up in the MCU, I might get excited because I reckon they could do. A... They have. Oh, they have. They have. They've announced him. They've announced there will be a Ghost Rider, another Ghost Rider project. Yeah, and oh, I think it, it is separate to the Robbie Ray's Ghost Rider that appears in Agents of Shield. So, okay, yeah. I, I want to see because obviously. Uh, from what I've heard, uh, what's happening next with the MCU? Because I thought after you've done the whole Thanos arc, I was like, "Well, that's it then. You can't do anything more." But apparently, from what I've seen and, and, and heard from and of, from you as well, I think there's a lot of exciting stuff coming. And I would like, I would love to see Ghost Rider pop up in the MCU. I reckon there's a lot of potential. They could do a lot with him. 
I was at one point desperate for the dark Netflix Marvel Ooh. projects to have a new Blade series and a new Ghost Rider series mm. and have them tied in to these dark street level characters like so Daredevil, cool. Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. That would yeah. have, that worked perfectly yeah. for me. That would have been so good. But uh, I don't know how much money there is in that. Um, yeah, that's true. And of course that 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 deal is dead. That project is dead. I think Deadpool will point the way as to how how much Marvel are game for doing things that are darker. Yeah. Uh, or not darker, really, because they do quite dark movies, quite frankly, end game. More, more adult orientated. Yeah. 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 We come now to one of my favourite parts of the uh, of the show, which is Will's <laughs> favourite slice of trivia from the episode. So, Will, after taking into consideration everything you've learnt now on this whirlwind tour through Ghost Rider, what has been your favourite tidbit of Ghost Rider info. I think there wasn't too there weren't too many funny facts uh, here apart from me laughing at names. But I will say the idea of a man uh, covering himself in phosphorant paint, going around with a black cape <laughs> on, going, "Ooh, I haven't got a body," uh, is hilarious. I think that's brilliant. Bring it back. That's the character I want to see. <laughs> I want to see a gritty reboot of that dude. <laughs> yeah, too right. For me, my, my highlight uh, of, of the episode has been you finding me fist. Oh, so funny. Fisto. Me fist. Oh. It sounds like me he's fist. To, oh. It sounds like he's supposed to be called <laughs> Mephisto. But it's like he's either something's supposed to sound rude or he's Mephisto, but he's really good at punching people. Mephisto. <laughs> it just sounds like a pun name. It sounds like a pun name. And it's so such a bad pun name, it makes me giggle. I've explained my working. If you want to check out if you want to check out some uh, Ghost Rider comic book stories. Mm-hmm. Um I've got some for you right now. I must admit a lot of my favourite Ghost Rider stories are from the 90s, featuring Danny Ketch and, and, and Blaze in a different way. And that's not really... I don't think that's what we'll do here and recommend here. I think this is a Johnny Blaze. As much as there are, there, there are, there are things that gave Danny Ketch qualities to Johnny Blaze, this is a Johnny Blaze movie. So I'm going to stick to just Johnny Blaze for these recommendations. There is a great... I normally recommend collections and trades, but you can find this on a bunch of, you know, on eBay and all sorts of things like that. There's a 2009 single issue. It's a reprint issue called Marvel Tales Ghost Rider. And it reprints three stories in there. There's a what-if story. There's something else. But one of the main ones it it reprints is, um, for me, the the best version of the Johnny Blaze origin story. Um, it's called mm-hmm. The Curse of Johnny Blaze. It's written by a legendary Marvel writer called Roger Stern. You can pick that up, I think, on eBay and on Comixology and other stuff like that, that single issue, for like um, six pounds. So, not going to break the bank. It is just three stories, though, so be aware of that. Yeah, I'm not. This one is not a collection. Everything else I'm going to talk about is a collection, and it will involve pretty much full stories. But that's a single, a single issue reprinted in three. Um, 
check out Essential Ghost Rider Volume 4. That's a paperback collection of reprints. Um, and part of it contains... It's got the end of Ghost Rider. That really cool story we just talked about. The end of Johnny Blaze's story as Ghost Rider. Or so we all thought. And they thought. By a, a really terrific writer called J.M. Dematis. Um, and that has got the the battle between Zarathos and Centurius. And, you know... It, it, it's actually a really... If it was the last time you ever saw... Johnny Blaze, or even if it was the last time you ever saw him as Ghost Rider, that's a really good send-off, and it's really nice conclusion. You rarely get nice conclusions in in comic books, so it's it's kind of cool to imagine that's um, <laughs> that's that's one. Um, with this movie coming out, Marvel basically decided to sort of do away with Danny Ketch and to return Johnny Blaze as the Ghost Rider. Yeah, that makes sense. Because they want to have the comic books to tie into the movie. They do so by bringing Garth Ennis in to handle his return. Um, Ennis and artist Clayton Crane, um, under the groundbreaking Marvel Knights imprint we talked about, which it was where that amazing Daredevil storyline came from. Two amazing Daredevil storylines came from, and a bunch of other incredible ones. They created a comic book uh, called Road to Damnation, which you can get as a as, as a collection called Road to Damnation. It sees Johnny Blaze trying to escape hell and 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 save the world. Um, if you can put up with Garth Ennis's attempt at humour, then you'll be okay with this book. Um, if you uh, someone that struggles with that, you're out of luck because Garth Ennis refuses to change. Um, <laughs> listener Mark O'Neill recommended the Daniel Way run on Ghost Rider. And that mm. that follows directly on from Road to Damnation. Road to Damnation like returns Johnny Blaze to being Ghost Rider, and then Daniel Way carries straight on from there. You can pick up there's like there's like a, a massive com- the complete Daniel Way collection, but that's like fifty sixty quid. You can start with with just uh, a collection called uh, Ghost Rider Vicious Cycle. That's where to start um, with the Daniel Way stuff. That stuff, you know, it's slightly harder. To uh, oh, something fell down behind me there. Slightly harder to recommend those because that began after the movie we're talking about, but you know it's still worth checking out. So those are the recommended reads from the Ghost Rider episode. Will, where can we find you again? Let us know. Oh, you can find me at Twitch.tv/WillPreston87. Just keep an eye on the schedule. You'll see when I'm on next. And how do we find you on the Twitter? On the Twitter? Oh, the Twitter now. Uh, literally, just Will Preston. At Will Preston, I managed to get in there quick. Uh, you can follow me at Rob Holden if you want to, but please, please, please follow um, us, uh, the, the, the Marvel vs. Marvel account, which is at Marvel Versus. We also urge you, if you're buying comic books, to please buy from independent comic book shops. There are loads of them that... that will do exactly the same service as Amazon without destroying the industry. You can shop online. You can pay safely, securely, and quickly. They'll deliver to your house, um, but they'll they'll all be paying the proper fees and, and prices, and they won't be killing off the business. So please, please, please do that. Uh, for bonus content, including the bonus Ghost Rider episode, where we'll look at the different Ghost Riders that came after Johnny Blaze, Head to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Marvel 
versus Marvel. Thanks for listening to Marvel versus Marvel. Please like us, rate us, subscribe to us, give us a review, and hey, why not recommend us to a friend of yours who loves Marvel? Don't forget there's bonus content over on patreon.com slash marvel versus marvel. Thank you.